Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for the second episode of the Anti-Game Boy Podcast. I'm Steve O'Tieri, and I'm joined by Christopher Galani, Jonathan Suarez, and special guest Timothy Lucas. Hey, everybody. Hello. It's me, Chris Galani. Hello. So, uh, you know, this show is going to be us focusing on games, themes in gaming in general, and just, you know, what we like in games, what we dislike in games. Uh, today's theme, uh, brought on by uh, the recent release of Doki Doki Literature Club Plus, uh, which Tim wanted to talk about today, uh, we decided to take a look into um, not judging a game by its cover. Ooh. So that's going to be kind of the theme. And, um, you know, there's going to be many avenues into this where it'll be like a game that kind of pulls the rug out from under us. Or if it's just like a game that it's like it comes from a series of kind of like dumber games and then it just kind of matured suddenly, and it had a lot more to say. I feel like um, you're burying the lead there, Steve. We all know what game you're talking about. Well, no, I mean, you know, there could be a few games. <laughs> well, you know, but, you know, that, is, that think, is one specifically. Steve, I think there's a literal example of this in a mm-hmm. very in a famed series from our past. Do tell mm. that series being Mega Man. Mm. Literally, the cover of Mega Man, the first game, had Mega Man as some dude with a gun. She's like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, he's like a fat middle aged guy in a football helmet, thirty five year old dude. Yeah, terrible art with with an actual pistol. He's got like a Luger too, doesn't he? Yeah, it's a blue Luger. It's like extra weird. (laughs) Wow, he's got weird boots on and a weird helmet, and he's shooting a gun. That never happened. No, and not in the game, <laughs> unless you can he prove just, me otherwise. He does not have a little Luger. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Because it's like the second game cover also kind of has like a dude with a gun. Yeah, that's extra strange because the guy on the Mega Man 2 box art that is supposed to be Quick Man at least kind of looks like Quick Man. Mega Man 2, he's got like a visor that, on his helmet that like folds down and he's again just holding a gun. That is not the Mega Man's arm is the gun. Robo-cop, and that's, you, you know, that that's definitely like, you know, a major theme in early gaming where it's like we couldn't we couldn't put the I mean, Nintendo did because, you know, Nintendo's got some balls where they're like, we're going to put the graphics on the fucking cover. I don't care if it's 8 bit. <laughs> um, but like at that time, it's like, OK, we're going to kind of do what like, you know, novels do where we're going to have like a, a uh, uh, someone's art convey the theme, the the action of this game. Uh, and then, you know, some people went a little wild with it. Like, here's Mega Man with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Come and taste the bullets. I felt like when Come they got art the bullets. for their games, they were crossing their fingers the whole time. Like, oh, I hope it's like the game that I made. Yeah, because it's like they must have sat down and had to describe that to someone. Like, what's the game you're making? Oh, well, okay, it's about a plumber and he goes through tubes and, you know, he jumps on little mushroom monsters. And like... Imagine if that fucking came back. It's just like Mario with a gun unloading into a fucking like pepperoni mushroom pizza. You no, know, you know for sure though that Nintendo definitely commissioned some art for the Mario Super Mario Brothers box art, and they got it back, and they were like, "We cannot use this." They were just because you, it was, just, you, just use the graphics. Just use the fucking graphics. It was a fat middle-aged man with a gun wearing the wrong color <laughs> costume, and they were like, no, "We're just going to use the graphics." Is that this what a fire is, flower is, is in secret? It's just a just gun. A gun. Well, yeah, that's what every game, that's all it is. Everybody just has huge guns. That's what they originally <laughs> thought. 
when they made these games and the art tells the truth, but then they had to change them because kids were playing them. They had to give them plumber, cybernetic child. You know, it was, Lame right, shit it was like during that. the height of the satanic panic, you know, <laughs> parents were freaking out. Uh, I'd say that was the most literal. You know? Yeah, absolutely. yeah, that's definitely. Uh, I mean, you could also argue Shatterhand uh, oh. is a great game with the worst box art I think I've ever seen in my whole ass life. It's punching your face, Tim. You. I mean, that what's it's the most literal. <laughs> it's a man shattering his fist <laughs> on your face, the the viewer's face. Well, I mean, really, I it's kind of like he's breaking it on the H in hand. He broke it on the fourth wall, Tim. Okay, and, you know what? Through. You're, you're selling me on you. this, Steve. And he's got those cool shades. Come on. I see it's it's the dingy white t-shirt that's throwing me off here. <laughs> but I think uh what we were talking about, the obvious one being, of course, God of War in 2018. Yes. I mean, nobody saw that coming. Really. No. I posted that as a joke. Yeah, no, but it's, dude, I think that's an excellent choice. <laughs> it works out after you guys explain. <laughs> so for me, I, I completely agree with uh, with uh, Steve and Chris here. Uh, I completely agree because I had played God of War one and two on PlayStation two. I never played the third one because I was kind of over it by then because it was like mm. that kind of like actiony mash the buttons and cool shit happens kind of game, and I just wasn't it's feeling that at that of, point in my life. Right, came the fight club of games. Right, right, and like it, it's funny the and meme when Kratos can't read, so he be- beats an old man up until the old man reads for him. Like that's funny, but is it necessarily a good game? I'm glad Devin's not here, but I don't <laughs> think so. I think, so I think the game, like you know, the gameplay game is satisfying. Game yeah. it's got it's got a fun loop. I think it's not. It's pretty shallow. Post that. Yeah. Yeah, after the first, I guess, two, and it didn't really go anywhere, the series. Mm-hmm. It was still just, I got to kill Zeus, and then you didn't get to do it at the end of two, and then yeah, they're going to make me wait another game. three song with these concubines, too, and right. it's going to be real funny. I think it was awesome. falling in love with these great characters that I never, ever thought I would do in a God of War game. I ne- right. I don't Exa- like Kratos. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no. He sucks. I didn't. Well, I bad. didn't like Kratos. I should say that. That's right. the that's the escalation too, where it's those prior games that are just like angry guy, family dead, gonna kill gods. Where it's like that escalates that new game, and that new game escalates those old games because we know he's this kind of one dimensional character. And that second game, it's like, oh, is he gonna is he going to unlock that one dimensional angry man? And he's got to hold that back for the sake of his child. Yeah, right. Like it's, it's phenomenal how fucking like how how they both elevate each other through and like dumbness and change, brilliance. It was a completely change of tone too, because you're not trying to get revenge in this game. Like you're not. It's not like the the first. I mean, I, I get like Tim. I only played the first two. Right. You're not trying to kill fucking Zeus because of revenge. You're literally like the the actual premise of the game is you going on the tallest mountain with your son to spread his dead mother's ashes. It's and it's it's just beautiful. It's just the, that premise in, in, in itself. The simplicity right. of the premise, but the complexity yep. of the journey. Yeah, dude. It's just like all of the old great movies Crazy. we have all been talking about. <laughs> it's not the plot of the overall story. It's the development of the characters as you work your way through the story. The moment that sold me, like I like 
God of War 2018 a lot. I don't necessarily love the gameplay because I it just doesn't gel with me. I come from like the Souls games and it doesn't it tries to be like them, but it's not quite as fluid as them. And so it feels kind of in this weird limbo for me. But the moment I was sold on the premise of the game is when the game fucking opens. The very first thing you do is a QTE to cut down a tree to make the raft to, you know what I mean? Like yes. you are the very first thing you're, you are doing is memorializing this woman. <laughs> right. You are memorializing this woman who you don't get to know over the course of the game. And it is written all over the principal characters faces, the just somber meditative, sad in nature of this thing you are doing. And I was like, Oh, this is a very different God of war. Um, yeah. I think it was part of the cultural zeitgeist too, because at that time we had Logan, which I think came around, came out around mm. that same time. And I really think those two are like mirror versions of one another. Like that's you, a really good point. I had never, ever considered. That's amazing. Chris. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, you look at Wolverine and he's extremely one dimensional as in, in the, in the series and even in the crappy spinoffs that he had, you know, and then you see, you know, him at his most vulnerable and the dimension just starts pouring out of him and the same can be said for kratos i mean that he is at his most vulnerable when he has his son his son is his weakness yep yeah i mean it's really the only one he's ever had as far as the series is concerned absolutely and he doesn't know what to do with it he's freaking the fuck out you know he's never been weak so like yeah those two are very much parallels of one another and i think they're part of this whole the whole cultural zeitgeist of the time you know um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like to, to say that I, I was not excited to play that game when I heard about it. Um, I didn't even, I didn't give a shit when I heard about that game. I didn't even play it. I right. didn't play it for a whole year Yeah, it after it came out. I, I had, I had to be coaxed. I spent, tw- I spent yeah. $20 on it. I, a year I, later. I, remember, I remember beating it and I was like, Oh, Chris, I'm going to let you borrow this game. Cause you have to play. <laughs> right. It. Right. And I was like a little, a little, I wasn't taken back, but I was like a little, really, you know, like this. Yeah. All, like, like I've heard, I heard rumblings online and people talking about it, of course, but like, you know, yeah, I never doubted it that it was amazing. Cause everybody was saying it was incredible. Right. It was just that, you know, like Tim said, like, I guess getting it from Steve God of too, war, the God like, of war hump is like, you know, it was I'm a big like, it was a big ask for me because I was pretty much done with those games because I thought I could see the trajectory they were going on by the end of 2. 2 sets up up the next game is going to be climbing Olympus to kill Zeus, you're going to fight all of the gods, kill them all and like oh won't that be fun? You're a rage guy, you, you kill shit. Violence. Uh, and then this <laughs> I didn't never play that one at all and I wasn't super interested in the 2018 version. I thought it looked really good in what they were showing at like, you know, game conferences and stuff. Right. But then, like, I needed something to play on my PlayStation. It was in the zeitgeist. I like to play games that I probably won't like when they're really big so I can have something to say in the discourse. Um, I mean, I was not super uh, excited for Cyberpunk, but I fucking paid for it anyway, and I regret it every day of my life. You paid for it, and then but you paid for it. Paid for it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I started playing it, and like I said, that first moment, I was like, this is a completely different game. This is using the bones of something that we all liked in 2004, because it was that era of 300, and, you know, suit, like, you know, those Zack Snyder slow-motion combat scenes. Br- brutal, like, brutal yeah. action. Abs and Vrees and swords. This is awesome. Right. 
And then it opens on building a funeral pyre for this woman who you and your son loved so much and we as the players will never get to play. And the mystery of who that woman was was like, oh, I need to play this fucking game. Mm. That was like what hooked me. The other moment that solidified this as being one of the best games of the generation to me, even though I don't love the gameplay all that much, is that story beat where um, you as Kratos go through a portal and you are killing elves in Elfland for a while and you come back and your son is like, where the fuck were you? Do they ever confirm how much time passed by? It's like several hours, I think. Okay. I mean, I think it's longer than that. There's surrounded. A stack, there's a stack of corpses. Yeah, right. surrounded by corpses, which is really puts the period on that sentence too. Because like, it's like it's like fuck? only like a minute long sequence of it's like a very short sequence for him. Yeah, Kratos climbing. Mm. Uh, it, it's definitely like one of the moments where you're like, oh, this is like we're gonna get to see. I'm, we get to see kind of just like these two characters because it's like you know initially in the beginning of the game it was. It was the mother that was dealing with um what's the boy's name? I'm sorry. Atreus. Atreus. Atreus thank you. Uh Atreus. And it's like this is the first time it's like Boy, Kratos is name. Kratos isn't just like man in the woods hunting deer alone. This is like the two of them finding finally having to like spend time together. And this is like the first time like Atreus like lashes out at his father. Yeah. Yeah, it's the first time he he takes a little bit of individuality too, you know, like yeah. he's kind of just been a part of his father's journey and then his father disappears and he has to kind of fend for himself and you start to see a little bit of himself come out, you know, like who he's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and like, throughout, the, find- throughout the game, he changes immensely. Yes. Or like, right. There's yeah. one point in the game where he's a fucking little shit. Yes. I think he and got then he's Loki at the end. It's yes. just weird for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that in concept, though. I'm, I am really excited for Ragnarok just because I am desperate to see where they take that. Like, that is a great reveal to end the game on. Mm. Um, I think that's incredible because I want to see how Atreus, who was a little shit at several points throughout the game deviate like what is the moment that breaks he and Kratos's relationship so hard that he becomes the full-on trickster god he was born to be hmm. you know that Man. is that is an exciting yeah thing that's gonna be to think about there is gonna a, be heartbreaking though too it's, yeah it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be just as bad as losing joel in last of us part two oh, absolutely and like that's, that's, that's what so, sold me that's what sold me that's what sold me a ps5 that that 100 sold me a ps5 when they were like we're right. making a new god of war game where i'm like oh well i have to play this now um uh, there's, I mean, there's sold a, me a ps5 was the promise of hopefully maybe a bloodborne too but probably not <laughs> you know we don't know yet but uh I, that could I, be Elden know, ring you, that you, could you, be the sequel to go back to that subject that you brought yeah. up about uh trey uh, when atreus makes the flip I think it's going to be the point when he realizes that his father is one of the most easily manipulated people throughout all of history. Like that's true. He is so led around by every being in search of revenge or whatever that he'll do just about anything. And right. I mean, he's achieved God status and every God he has ever interacted with has pulled the wool over his eyes at least once. Yeah. I think as your Successfully. son, your son, he's just going to be like, really again? Like that's really, right. <laughs> you just keep doing this dad. 
Uh, I think I think um I'm just gonna keep talking about how beautiful God of War is. But, yeah, uh, sure the part it. at the end of that game where it's like Kratos finally fucking just lets his raps go off into the wind off the mountain. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh my god. Because oh, it's like you know he he hides so his good. fucking like arm wounds from the chains. He's, that yeah, he's like he's stuck ashamed. To. He's ashamed of it, and it's like this yeah. is the one time where he's like he can show himself to his son. Where it's like they finally opened up to one another, and you're like, fucking God, who made this? Who made this <laughs> fucking? <laughs> God damn you, Cory Balrog. Yeah, Balrog in there. Balrog. Yeah, that game is uh, phenomenal. And, like, you know, Oops. if you think it's just a God of War game, another one, it's not. It's not. You don't have to play the other ones. You do get something. If you have seen those, are you aware of the character of Kratos? It doesn't make a difference, though, I don't think. It's not going to make a difference. No. Not the only at all. thing that really would land better, I guess, having played the previous games, the would be blades. the moment when he goes to get the blades. Yeah, because yeah, you're really wondering they, where they are even, the whole time. At the same time, though, they, they, they present that part so well that I feel like you still get a similar impact, even if you never played it. Right? Sure. Right. Oh, yeah. No. If you know I, I, a bit about the character I think it's a, it's a singular experience. You know, like you could take it for what it is on, on its own merit, not, not the other games. So it makes it great. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is definitely a, a game not to judge by its cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now, Tim, um, yes. kind of to, to, to keep pushing you on, because, you know, there's a number of games we were listing when we were thinking yeah. about this concept. Um, but like, you know, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club is a game that's like, there is so much there, but it's impossible to get people to play it because it of its such a hurdle. It is such a hurdle to get people to play this fucking game. Uh, I, when it first came out in like what, 2017, 2017. Yeah. yeah. Um, I believe it was friend of the show, Stin, who got Steve to play it. Yeah. And, and you know, keep in mind, we're going to be talking spoilers because we have all finished uh, the, the, the original Doki Doki literature yeah. club. Yep. Is that true? Is that true of John as well? Yes. Okay. Holy shit. I didn't know you played it. John. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, taken aback on seeing that it's released on console how, how some of the stuff same here out on console Dude, that's why yeah. i was on a console because i had to see how that see game how. plays on a console that's, yeah we can uh we can get to that but uh yeah it's a really hard game to get people to play right because you can say there's you can't say anything about what it actually is without ruining the experience Right. But like the thing is, if you don't do if you don't do something to right. like give a hint that it is more than what is what is behind, you know, the image of just like this pink uh, Japanese dating game. Um, <laughs> yes. Then like people I are just going to be like, sure. Buddy. I read psychological horror game in this synopsis. And I was like, oh, OK. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I was like, all right, we can we can get into that this. Push then. me over. <laughs> the thing about it is when I first saw that, I was like, oh, is this going to be like a modern idea of a psychological horror where it's like, you know, <laughs> it's dealing with like all oh, the struggles that these girls go through and it's considering that psychological uh, yes. horror. Is that like, like, is this just like another indie game where it's someone trying to get over something in real life by putting it into the game? And it's like, well, yes. But, but it's also more than that too. <laughs> um, Real quick, I just want to say, like, I when I first played it, because Steve told me to, he was absolutely right. Uh, I then went to um, my brother and my brother-in-law and said, "Guys, you absolutely have to play this game. It is so up your alley. I know what it looks like. Trust me, I'm not some sort of weird perv. Play the game." 
Uh, and they did, and it took them a while. It took a lot of badgering to get... It takes a lot of badgering to get people to play this game, because you can say there's more than meets the eye. There's something deeper happening here. I know it looks like a weird, pervy, like, uh, uh, hentai game, but when they finally break through that wall, the pacing of this game, I think, is what helps sell it to people who are hesitant. I right, think... because within the first 20 minutes, you get to your first really big, oh shit, this is not what I thought it was. I, I think what, what really did it, and the way Steve was describing it to me, it made me made me laugh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's the first response, because you're like, yeah, it's this thing, it looks like this, but it's like, there's something else going on! Like, it's almost... The way it came out, it came to me was almost like satire, you know, like there, there is this deep satire that's going on because yes, it is of course, extremely disturbing as it goes on. The fact that it it is kind of doing what it's doing at all is inherently funny to me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can absolutely see that. It's, um. Of course, I'm. I wasn't it, laughing at towards the end. Sure, <laughs> you're not. You're not laughing at the subject matter being displayed. It's the sure. fact that this team has chosen to make this dating simulator a genre that is known for being um, a lot of work for some kind of pervy role play that the player <laughs> gets to engage in. Right? Exactly. Because you're with very young presenting female high schoolers who are you know by way of disclaimer at the front of the game over 18 years old wink wink all according um, to dan Salvato. right <laughs> uh, and it's using it to tell this really interesting really dark story that has a lot of cool implications right like right. the I just played through plus uh, I've only played through it once and I started messing around with the the new stuff like the um, the side stories and whatnot. Right. Uh, so I don't I can't really speak to those a whole lot. But just playing through that first game again, I was amazed at this game's ability to hurt me just as bad the second time. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's still rough. It's still brutal. I noticed that, too. Like, so, like, when I first started it, I was like, well, I can just, like, kind of blast through these because I remember this game. Right. And then I noticed myself slowing down and just taking yep. everything in the way I did when I first initially played again, where I'm like, oh, this isn't just, like, a, oh, this is, like, a one-trick pony that comes later down the line. This is, like, a game that's, like, actually kind of well-written. Okay. And it's, it's hidden well behind like say. it's hidden Definitely. behind like all this like you know cutesy imagery, but like at the end of the day, this is like a really good story that just like becomes a really good horror story too. I think the key and, is you get you get glimpses. You don't get full on you know shots of everything. It's like you, there are some moments, of course, that stand out, but the real I guess the terror is at the edge of the screen a lot of times mm-hmm. for me Dude. when I'm playing. It's it's wild when you go back and you play it again and the there's like all this weird foreshadowing in the in the things that the girls say mm, that like you don't catch the first time. Uh, and there's, there's a, a point, lot of that, too. Yeah, there's a point where, where uh, Yuri is talking to you and she's like, oh, this club will be the death of me. Oh, boy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we'll, like, yeah we'll. <laughs> we're going to spend a weekend together. Um, did you guys pick the same girls as the last time? Uh, I did through? on my playthrough. I, I was I did things basically like because this is a game that has choices. Mm-hmm. I am one of those players who always thinks I'm going to do things differently this time. 
And then I have my preferences. I know what kind of person I am, and I can't break myself. Can't from the break habit out of the of, cycle. <laughs> it's like playing Mass Effect. It's like I can't not choose Paragon. So, who, so, 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 Tim, who, who did you go with? So, begin early game. Uh, Sayori, the, okay. for those who don't remember, the girl who is like your uh, girl best friend door. and the girl next door who clearly has a crush on you. That was your first time, uh, This was my second time through. I oh, played okay. it once in 2017 and then never touched it again. Yeah, did you, you, you did the same thing on the first time through yes. too? Yep. Okay. Same th- I mean, I know who I am. I, I'm like, uh, she's the girl next door. She's my best friend. You know, we clearly have feelings for each other, but we're not expressing them because we're both wrapped up in teenage angst and can't figure out how to express our feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this time I was like, I knew I couldn't, but there was still a big part of me that was like, well, maybe if I say things right this time, you know what I mean? Like you're just right. trying to justify doing whatever you think could maybe lead to a happier ending for Sayori. I'm the same way. Like when I watch a movie that I've seen like hundreds of times and like there's a part that makes me anxious, I'm like, oh, maybe it'll be different. You know what you guys sound like? You sound like Walter White when he was describing, (laughs) when he was Uh. talking to Jesse and he's like, if only there was a combination of words (laughs) in the right sentence that would make all of this okay. Well, now I've got a lot of thinking to do, Chris. Thanks, you asshole. So, so in so in this the second part, uh, who did you go with, Yuri? Yuri, yes. So I mean, Yuri's clearly second choice material. When I first played the game, I was one hundred percent Yuri all the way through, in the beginning, and the second. Yeah. Okay. This time, when I first started doing it, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to put the words together." Uh, uh, the first time you put the poems together, I still went for Yuri. And then I started thinking where I was like, I have played this game before. I know what, what happens. Let me change it up. Let me go with Sayori for this first part. Okay. And so I started going heavily into Sayori and picking Sayori's words seems a little bit harder for me because like they kind of blend into Yuri's world words a little bit too, where Yuri's words are more complicated um, words. Uh, uh, Sayori's words. uh, There's a point in the game where you're picking words to try and make a poem for the girl you like the most. Um, but, you know, uh, I was trying to pick those words. And so I was trying to make sure you choose those words that are like, they're not too complicated, but they're expressive of depression. And those are those are definitely like Sayori's words. I mean, some of them are happy words, which but they're definitely crossover with um, Natsuki. with Natsuki, who is right, like so. the, the doki doki cute uh, pink haired girl. Right. Um, and it's, it, it's hard to pick words for Sayori because whatever you pick could easily be for either of her, the other two girls. Right. Right. Uh, So uh, I'm playing the game and I'm like, I'm going Sayori for this first time because I didn't do that originally. And like, like Tim, I was like, maybe this will change things. Stupid me. I'm an idiot. (laughs) It it, it Uh, does not change. It does not change things. Uh, So the second time around, well, uh, keep in mind in that first part, there's a part where the game kind of forces you to uh, work with someone at the end of it. Right. Where it'll be like, who do you want? Who do you want to work with for the uh, the big festival? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And the first time when I originally played, I I chose Yori to come over. And then I was like, well, let me do Natsuki. Because there's a point in that game where I was making poems for specifically Yuri and Sayori. So there's a point where Natsuki just looked at me and was like, fuck you. Fuck your poems. I don't want to read them. Right. She specifically says, I know what you're doing. You're trying right. to impress either Sayori or Natsuki <laughs> so or, like, uh, or Yuri rather. And like, she's like, so I, I get it. I'm not going to read your poems anymore and you don't have to read mine anymore. The, the game kind of doubled back on me where it's like, 
I had already, I've already known what's behind the cover of this game, but like, I like in my head, I've jumped back to like what it sells itself as. And I'm like, Oh, well, I don't want this girl to be mad at me. So (laughs) so I'm going to have her, I'm going to have her come over. I'm going to try and get a better relationship with her. And so from that, I made the second part of the game, uh, my push into Natsuki, um, phrasing, which, you know, uh, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a ton of stuff that I hadn't seen before. And, uh, a lot of it is, you know, it's, it's all depressing and sad and like, that's fucked up stories. Really dark. Um, cause like I, I hadn't realized and, you know, um, you know, I'll talk about it. So, uh, Natsuki's like storyline that's like kind of he- kind of held off until later in the game is that like her father fucking beats the shit out of her and like doesn't feed her enough and she is malnourished. That's why yep. she is so small. Is yeah. she legit? Looks up, she legit legit looks under the vending machine mm. at school for coins so she can buy food at school. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. It's yeah you don't really get any of that stuff. No, you don't go with her. But it's Good like Lord. the the stuff in this game is is so heavy, but it's also handled to kind of a masterful degree. Like it's a game that I think if you have not played it, you should play it. When people say, "Well, don't spoil it for them by telling them it's a horror game," I think some people you do have to tell that to. Yeah, right. I yeah. I think I'd say play that game though with a caveat. And maybe saying, yeah, that it is something a little different because I feel like, yes, um, I feel like some people recoil from unsettling things rather than fear. Like, they'll, I think fear people will laugh and jump and sort of accept it. But when it comes to this kind of stuff, when mm-hmm. it hits a little harder and maybe when it's a little bit more unsettling and depressing, people just stop doing it. Right. You know, no, I, I, yeah. I, I agree um, completely. Uh, like, there, there are two the, points in this game. Uh, no, mm-hmm. go ahead, oh, sorry. I was just going to say the the new version of the game definitely like uh, at the beginning of it will it, it has a part where it's like, hey, like like the original one was like this might have sensitive stuff for disturbed right. players. Yeah, I remember. Uh, that. But the new one, like it gives you three warnings that like you have to like click through where it's like, hey, there's some stuff in this game that might like trigger people. So like if you want to kind of get like a gist of what's coming up, you can click this button and we're going to show you like give you spoilers for like those things. <laughs> Or you can just play the game, like without knowing. Which I honestly think is um, perhaps the best way I have seen that kind of material handled yeah. in the gaming medium before. Because first, you have to click a disclaimer that says, "Hey, this game contains very disturbing imagery. It is not appropriate for children." Or you know, if you uh, are easily disturbed, you might not want to play this. Right. You click through that one, and it says, "Hey." just reminding you, even though you just clicked this other thing, there's some shit in here you might not want to see. If you are that kind of person we talked about in the first disclaimer, click here and we will show you what's coming up so that you are not caught off guard and it is not a traumatic experience for you to be blindsided by these things. Because my point was going to be that there are two moments in this game that blindside you completely on your first playthrough. I knew they were coming in my second playthrough. They still hurt a lot to have to sit through and watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I know, but I think they are handled <laughs> so they are handled so masterfully and with such a detached sort of eye from the creators of this game. 
but the way that they treat their characters is profoundly human. Um, and it rings really true to me. Um, the first is when you walk into Sayori's room and find her hanging. Oof. Yeah. Oh, that, yep. The first time I played <clears throat> this game, it was like probably 1230 at night <laughs> when I got to that part and it happened. And my character is just saying, no, 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 no. Why did I tell her that I care about her? She told me specifically that that is the opposite of what she wants. Uh, and I, he's just blaming himself for this thing that he is seeing. Right. And at that point, I knew that this game was something special, but I had to turn it off. Like, I just turned I, it off. I, my stomach it. dropped like, into nope. my shoes and I got like cold sweats. So I was like, oh, yeah, man. Dude, it was yeah, pretty rough. Dude, I, it was the same with me. <laughs> like, when I first played, I reeled back from that scene and I immediately, like, I didn't even finish like the dialogue clicking through that. I immediately went into this, the save load options and tried to load my save from earlier. Right, and like you stupidly that, think you can change it somehow. Right, exactly. So like I click the load oh, part whoa. and it's like error loading, error loading, error like data, data corrupt. And then like I just closed the game in general and I tried to start the game up so I could try and reload that game. And like at that point, the game is already in the second state. Yep, it already knows there's no go there's no going back. You can't trick your way out of it. Right. And one, that's a masterful trick, period. Right. Yeah. For a game to break the rules of conventional gaming and not let you go back to the quote unquote save scum to try and change your choices. <laughs> you know what that, that is, is, Tim? That's the weight gonna... of responsibility. <laughs> I mean, exactly, right? Because Steve and I reacted exactly the same way. It's called permadeath. Like, yeah, it is called permadeath. And, and keep in mind, I did the opposite of what Tim did initially, where Tim said, I love you to Sayori. Right. I was like, we're always going to be friends, Sayori. Oh man! So you were like, yeah, I did that. Oh, I did that bro. too, Steve. <laughs> yeah, same so here. Steve, you, you I was honest with, with Yayori when I first uh, Sayori when I first played. No, I think I did what Tim did because I was like, I really not like too. Yuri. I'm not gonna lie, like you're just a friend, you know. I'm, I'm not gonna string Damn. you along because what's worse, you know? Right, like that's that the scenario? thing is it's it's such a real scenario. Yeah, oh, you tell it's, me, Chris. What's worse? Don't string me <laughs> along. You gotta be honest with people. Yeah. You're that's, right. That's how you live. What happened from it, Chris? What happened? <laughs> a digital girl hung herself. All right, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but that is the the amazing thing that this game does, right? Is that over the course of a half an hour and some dialogue boxes, you feel that weight of responsibility. You know, you say half an hour, Tim, but in real life, it's like two hours into that game. Is it like really if, that if, deep into yeah. that game? Dude, so like I started at 1 a.m. the other night to replay it, and it took me until like 5.30 a.m. And that might just because like, you know, I'm like taking it all in while I'm playing it mm. again. But like, yeah, that is like pretty deep into that game to the point where like, you're like, is this a horror game sometimes? Like, mm. like, is there going to be something more or is this just like finding out that people are depressed and that's the true horror? And it's like, oh, no, this is a fucking horror game like straight <laughs> up through and through. All right. So maybe I'm misremembering because I get so sort of sucked into the story and uh, time passes faster than I realize. But that's again, the, the point isn't how much time it takes. The point is that right. over the course of this stupid little game where you're conducting poems based on not actually like any kind of writing structure, you're just picking words that you think a girl might like. Right. <laughs> like right. It's the most banal shit in the universe. Uh, and then it hits you with this irreversible story beat. Mm -hmm. And 
Steve did one thing where he said, we'll always be friends. And I confess that I had feelings for Sayori and we got the same result either way. And that to me rings really, really true for people who are suffering of deep, deep depression. There's, we both felt that we had some responsibility that maybe we could fix it if we did something differently. Yeah. Right. right. Of we both yeah. tried to go back to our saves and find a way out of this really bad outcome that Sayori gets. But in real life, sometimes that just isn't possible. And in this game, it's definitely not possible. And that is a really heartbreaking truth that I've not seen a game even remotely attempt to shed light on like this game does. I but think... then it gets weird. Then it gets worse and then it gets weirder. Yes. Yeah, that's, is this is where we start is... to introduce the cosmic element in right. this game. Because not only is Sayori not there anymore, the game restarts and Sayori is gone, having been removed from existence. You're playing through the same sequence of days that you just did, but now even your character doesn't remember Sayori anymore. You don't have that opening where it's like, oh, Sayori woke up late again. She's such a goof. Uh, I always feel like I have to take care of her, blah, blah, blah. None of that happens. You just wake up and go to school and it's all the same dialogue choices, but with any mention of Sayori removed. Right. And but you're like, like, wait, but what? So what the fuck happened here? She, there, I know there she is, killed herself. There is yeah. a major portion of the game earlier on where Sayori fixes a big problem that the club has. And this is the point of the game where it's like, Sayori's not in the game anymore. The problem. And when that problem the- comes out, <laughs> dude, it gets so fucking ugly. Like where they start fucking calling each other out for their like fucking problems. And like, they're like, why don't you go fucking cut yourself some more Yuri? And you're like, holy Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Gets real. It gets, it gets real pretty fast. It goes from zero to a hundred. The music, the music is never in the correct tempo anymore. (laughs) The imagery is all weird. You're getting uh, like weird, like where Sayori should have been. You're getting weird, badly like pixelated and digitized photos of Monica instead. Right. And it, it's so I keep coming back to the word masterful because I can't think of a better word to describe how this game betrays both its story as it reveals more and more about what it's trying to say and what is actually happening in Doki Doki Literature Club and the player because our expectations are shattered and the things that we expect from a video game are taken away from us. I I remember distinctly uh, an image in the second portion of the game where um, I was having a conversation with Yuri. I think we were like alone, I believe. And this is the portion where, you know, they start, uh, I guess they start getting like X's over their eyes, Mm, you know, at some points. Um, And then it was a quick cut. And then it was her stabbing herself with a knife, like over and over again. Like I, that was the second like stomach drop. Yes, that is, uh, oh God. <laughs> that is the second point that I was referring to. Not necessarily the fact that she pulls out the knife that she uses to cut herself right. uh, in order to deal with um, uh, like the stress and anxiety of being around people because she clearly has some kind of social anxiety disorder. Um, because at that point, like the death itself wasn't surprising because we had already seen the absolutely horrible image of Sayori's hagging body. Of course. That wasn't necessarily the horrifying part. The horrifying part is that Monica, who is now fully in control of how the game is going to play out, doesn't let you leave unless you <laughs> skip 
the dialogue on auto <laughs> as fast as possible to get through the weekend. So you are stuck looking at Yuri's body for two days as the sun goes up and down in the background, changing the color palette of the image uh, until she finally comes back. And, and Monica's like, huh, sorry about the boring weekend. I guess I forgot you were still here. Uh, there is a, I, this is not really a spoiler, but uh, if you do not, that, if you do not skip that dialogue during that, uh, you get an image in Doki Doki Literature Club Plus that you could make your desktop. <laughs> really? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's just like a little achievement you get. <laughs> how long do you How long do you have to sit there? Because I let it run well, for like. Here's, here's the thing. So you can either do the skip button, or you can do what I did when I when I played both. Is you just turn you just turn the game off, and then you go back in, and it'll skip a day. So you have to do you have to turn the game on and off six times i think jesus because you have to do it for each cycle of the day so right um i just for this playthrough i just set the dialogue to auto skip because i liked the weird like the image is really powerful and good Mm -hmm. time passing uh in real time well real time as you're skipping and you see like the sun in different positions as you are moving through the days as right. you're stuck in this room with this corpse and the gibberish dialogue that didn't seem to stop. Also, it's like her, it's just a beautiful her, combination of horrifying things. Her blood fades to like a fucking like, it dark goes, color. Yeah, it goes yeah. from uh, like bright red to red to brown to just black, like muddy black. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to even, to even like blood does to even like pre um, like before that, uh, just the way like Yuri knows Yuri knows something's wrong. Because, like, she's having trouble breathing whenever she talks to you. Right. And, like, she's, like, she's, like, do you feel my fucking heart? And, like, her eyes are, oh, like, yeah. weirdly real during it. That. And, like, it's <laughs> playing the heart. And, and and right before that, you have the poem time. And, like, you read Natsuki's poem. And Natsuki writes you a fucking, like, hey, there's something wrong with Yuri. Like, I'm I'm worried about my friend letter. Right. And you're like, oh my God. And then it like it all just fucking erupts into that moment where you're like, Jesus Christ. Well, I don't know if this is in the I don't remember if this was in the original, if it was new to plus, Steve, but Sayori has a moment like that too, where the last poem that you see from her in her room before the day where you go into her room and find her. It's just repeatedly get out of my head, get out of my head, get out of my head, get out of my head. Uh, I think yeah. he added to that. Because the there there wasn't that I don't remember that bottom part originally. Yeah, I, I think that might be new for plus. Because I remember it's, it just being get out of my head, get out of my head, get out of my head, get out of my head. But this one, yeah, it's got like an extra chunk of like something. Right. And it's God, it's so impactful. Yeah. But, I, I mean, don't like um, when any anything is tortured. Sp- digital characters whatever like that always gets under your skin because these characters that the game is trying to make you build attachments to you're slowly watching getting brutalized in front of you that's 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 rough that's rough for anything and these characters are archetypical and a little bit um potentially portrayed as shallow to a degree right but they're very relatable in terms of when you find out that extra layer when you find out that sayori is deeply depressed and that's why she's always sleeping in and that's why she's always putting on this happy-go-lucky persona because making other people feel good is something she can achieve and making herself feel good is something she can't 
If you told me that if you were holding a pencil in front of me and you said like this pencil is horribly depressed, his name is Brent, and you went into that characterization of the pencil and then broke it in front of me, I would feel somewhat upset. Right. I think building any type of connection like that, what that game does beautifully in the beginning just makes it so much worse when you see these characters getting like tortured by Monica later right. on. And, and, you know, that's, that's that third chunk of the game where it's like, Monica's like, fuck it. I'm going to just delete all these characters. It's going to be you and me in fucking just avoid a space. And she pulls back, she pulls back the curtain and just like lays it all out. And like, there's a point in that where like, you know, if you don't follow along, you you think that's the end of the game. Right. Where you're like, oh, really? Yeah. If you're what? not looking at the like the command prompt that has popped up in the top left corner a couple of times throughout your playthrough at this point when she's deleting characters, you're not going to realize that you can also do that. She's pretty blatant about what you are supposed to do. Right. But, but if, if you're someone like Devin and you just kind of are <laughs> kind of like glancing at the text sometimes. Well, I he didn't struggle with that, that part. He struggled with the the have a great weekend part. Uh, he struggled with how to get to tomorrow in Animal Crossing. <laughs> um, But yeah, like, you know, you have to go in and just delete her just like she did with the other characters. Like, so before how we get this... too deep, I, um, I have a real quick question for the people in the room. Yes. Is Monica a monster? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. If you think about it in in like an immoral and unethical standpoint, like, yeah, of course, these characters are digital to us, but they're not to Monica. They're very real to Monica in this world. And she's doing this stuff to them. And then she has the audacity to try to do it to you as well. That's pure evil. I think Doki Doki Literature. I think Doki Doki Literature Club, Club Plus kind of makes it worse yeah, with those that? side stories okay because they're, they're oh, yeah, like the side they're really, like yeah they're all like prequel like stuff too to like how the the club started to form and it's all very well so far i'm not i've only played like one and a half of the full stories i'm in the same boat as steve where the first story that i played into completion was this really earnest fucking heartfelt character sort of piece of these two characters like fucking like meeting each other and starting a friendship and they're opening up to each other like their weaknesses like and you're like oh that's this is really fucking touching and then when you look back you're like oh like these people opened themselves up to you monica yes and you fucking drove them to the point of fucking suicide and just like complete just like uh lunacy like he's a master manipulator but uh, in defense of monica real quick she becomes self-aware and realizes that she is not a person. She is this thing that is programmed. And as such, she is not capable of being one of the love interests like the other girls are. She is a side character in a video game and is aware of that fact. And so, yes, she becomes self-aware and she abuses this power to hurt digital people that are her friends but it's in the name of getting a shot at being something more than what she was originally created to be. And my, I start to sympathize a little bit there. I think there, yeah, there definitely is a tortured element that to Monica. It, it depends on, it depends on what layer of the game you're looking at it, where if, if you're like Monica has become real 
and realizes that all her friends are literally just text prompts written. Yeah, then but like why becomes- why make this this drawn out process where she is manipulating these characters into torturing one one another and themselves, whether at phys- mentally or physically. Right. Why not just confront the player? If you've gained this this on the uh, you know this this uh, self awareness, and you're so you know now newly knowledge of what you are, why not just talk to the player directly? I mean, there is a part there is a part where she, uh, in that final dialogue where she brings that up, where right. she was like, she was like, I wanted to tell you, but I was afraid that if I just opened with that, that you would just stop playing. And if you that. stop playing, then yeah, I never like, get to see you again. Like it's it's, but that's 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 twisted logic. It's, to... it's twisted logic, but it's twisted logic for the villain, the the antagonist of the sure, piece. sure, sure. Yeah, and that's where right. it's like she's trying that's to justify the villainy of it. Her villainy, yes. But it's twisted logic for our reality, right? This is the perspective of a digital character because they're aware of the fact that they're digital. <laughs> the, the fact, okay, so, so here's the thing. To go right, back to the theme is, of this episode, the fact that we can have these discussions about Doki Doki Literature Club <laughs> is phenomenal. Right? We are getting mad at each other because we're pushing back on each other's idea of what is monstrous and what is not based on the treatment of digital characters by other digital characters. <sighs> you know, it's like, it's the only, if, if it's the only fair reference I have, my own morality and, eth- and ethics. Uh, that's the only thing I can measure it by. And to that frame of reference, she's evil. I, I, and I agree with you completely. From my moral compass, yes, what she does is wrong. Because well, even if she is a digital construct, her personhood is not diminished by the fact that she is a digital construct right. and the other people in her world are also digital constructs. If anything, she should have been trying to awaken them to yes. their circumstances as well. Very, very true. Sitting with us now, Devin Kopeck. Welcome to the discussion. Hello. Sorry, I was drinking when you said that. Am I too loud, by the way? That should have been a question I asked before. No, you're perfect. Sure. Right. Yeah, back you're, uh, back perfect. Yeah. You sound great. Um, yeah, sorry. So we were talking about Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going over some of the spoilers. Um, we're, we're actually about to wrap it up. Uh, I do want to talk about something that uh, I, I found today in the game. So uh, in the in the plus version, and this might have been in the original, I just don't remember, but the plus version just has like a fake desktop and it has the files in, the, in like the very front. And I was going through them today. And I when I was going deep into the files, I found a document called Tower Keys. And I clicked open the Tower Keys file and it was just this like very odd cipher of just like someone breaking down like, it's like key one gear and then it gave like a time and then it gave me three numbers and it's like possibly a, a, a key code for something. Hmm. And I was like, what, what? So it was two, two, one. So I realized that in the files, there are a bunch of just like folders that are numbers. And I went into folder two and then I went into that folders two. And then I went into that folders number one. And in that folder, was a file called like plan documents and I tried to open it oh, and it boy. wouldn't let me open it. It was just like, you know, it was like uh, access denied, access denied. You, you can't, you can't open this. Yeah. Is this uh, I'm sorry. Is this PC by the way? That no, you- no, this is, this is for everything. This is just the this Doki Doki a, Literature we, Club Plus. Yeah, we both have it on Switch, and we found yeah. the same files. 
Okay. Because you can go you can go through the files in in the the main menu screen, uh, and then I was like, wait, I can't open this file. But like, it was the only folder that wasn't empty. It had like something in it. So I was like, what if I set my switch's clock to two forty, which was the time it gave me in that tower keys document, and I did yeah. that, and then it opened up a whole fucking document for me, and it's like all this real weird stuff like going on about like the plan of what Doki Doki literature club is supposed to like kind of have entailed in it and like what the future is. And I'm like, Oh fuck, this goes deeper than I thought. Hmm. Like it's, it's, it's becoming kind of like almost like an ARG mystery kind of thing. A little bit. I I don't want to say it's like something where it's like, Oh, if I have to watch this YouTube video every week, but (laughs) it's like it's like oh this is this is a mystery now like this is more than i remember it being so it's like you know who knows what i'm gonna find down the line as i keep playing like those side stories interesting yeah because like one of the keys was called spaceship one of the keys was called boat and the other one was just question mark question mark question mark so and the weird thing is there is a mail like an email space Yep, on that fake desktop. On that fake desktop. And I'm like, what the fuck is that for? Hmm. So so do you think, uh, I mean, based off of this, and I guess like, you know, you, you're playing it. Do you think that there might be a Doki Doki 2? Or do you think it would just be like a totally different thing? Well, like ba- spaceships. Based on that document that I read today, it says current plan. And it was like small, small VM simulation. Future plan medium-sized vm simulation what is vm uh virtual machine it's a so in the plus version uh there is this overlay that i don't i steve can correct me if i'm wrong that i don't remember being in the original version of the game no no no. overlay where you start up the game and it shows you this flash screen for like uh like a bios menu of starting a computer that says megaverse enterprise solutions whoa uh, yeah, and when dude. you are interacting with the fake desktop, you're on a virtual machine, like a virtual server, uh, that is being hosted by this Megaverse Enterprise Solutions, and you are playing the game Doki Doki Literature Club on that virtual machine. <laughs> uh, which really is how we're going into. I think into... there might be something in that virtual oh, machine. Oh wow! Right, I gotta if, get this. Steve, this I don't fun. know if you, I don't know if you've played around in those files and seen like the e- the corporate emails. Yeah, I have. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say too much more because that's getting into spoilers for the plus version. I don't feel bad about spoiling a three, a four year old game. I do feel bad about spoiling the new stuff in the new version. Well, this is the thing. Okay, so the only reason I'm bringing it up now is because I want people to know that there's a little bit more behind the package you're buying. Gotcha. So right. A little bit hidden, some hidden yeah. stuff there. And it's, uh, if I may, and I know this is going to get boring because I'm going to talk about a book for a minute. Oh, God this, damn it. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, like everything that they're setting up with the virtual machine and the, uh, megaverse enterprise solutions and the hidden files and like the little breadcrumbs they're dropping leading to the, hope that there is something more here 
very much reminds me of a book that I know Devin and I both love called Ooh, House of Leaves. Oh, uh, I love that book too. <laughs> in that there was so much more hidden in the text of that book and in the indexes of that book oh, to it's kind like... of flesh out the characters that were important to the story. Uh, particularly the protagonist's mom. Oh, uh, yes. Gets a lot of stuff in that those indices and there's like coded messages yeah. from her where if you take the first letter of every sentence, like that's the vibe I'm getting from they digging into these files. They don't me here. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. I love that. I, so I am digging into this with a glee, uh, like uh, expecting to find something really cool hidden in these weird files that, you know, the tower keys that Steve talked about, these corporate emails that change uh, as you, there are certain things happen in the game. More of them show up or disappear. Uh, there's warning messages about interacting with the VM sometimes. Uh, and there's a bunch of files that are locked behind administrative access that I have not been able to figure out how to get access to wow. yet. And it's like another game on top of the game that I already played, uh, like trying to figure out how to get into these weird hidden things. So nope. to Steve's point, for the 15 bucks, if you've already played Doki Doki Literature Club, it seems like there's enough here to keep you interested for is, sure. Is all this stuff, all this like secret stuff, is this unlocked after you first beat Doki Doki? No, Doki it was Club? all there. Um, as I like, so obviously minor spoilers because we've been talking about it the whole time, but you know, there are points in the game where you'll want to go out to the file menu to do certain things. Sure, sure. Uh, and they were all there from my first playthrough. I couldn't figure out how to interact with them. And I thought it would be something that I would do afterwards. Gotcha. Uh, and it, you get side stories unlocked after your first playthrough. Um, I, I got the first two out of six, I believe unlocked. Yeah, uh, and I could watch them. I've only finished the first one so far, and I'm halfway through the second one because they're broken into chapters. Uh, and Steve is at the same point I am with those, and that's when he figured out if I set my switch's time clock to this certain time, I can see this thing, which is very, very exciting to me because it's like he unlocked another level of the mystery that now I get to go into my game and figure out what's you know apply my detective skills to try and figure out what's going on here. Yeah, sure. it's like oh, this this tunnel goes deeper than we thought. You're pulling right. The we thought, pulling it, was, the we thought it was like a, right. a a cool remix of a game we had already played before, but there it seems like a lot has been added in the way of the metatextual design around what Doki Doki was in the first place. And that's something that's super exciting to me in particular. I want to help if, unravel this sweater too. Yeah. yeah if man. we can get this sweater unraveled, let's uh, do it. I did find it. Um, and I don't mean this to sound a certain way, but I did find it because I don't remember this being the case when I played it on PC. Um, but I found it interesting that when I started this on my PS5, and I'm assuming the same thing when you guys saw it on your Switch, it was like, one, everybody in here is over 18. I was like, okay. <laughs> and yeah, then it's did. like, it's kind of like, you know, like multiple times this game's like, bro, this is, you know, there's some stuff in this game. And then like, even in the settings menu, there's like, do you want us to tell you what is in the game? Essentially, there's like a setting that's like, we will spoil aspects of the game so you can be aware of like certain trigger types right things. like right. It, it wants to make sure that like some fucked up shit's gonna happen yeah. and we're I'm letting still... you know yeah in a way though i almost like i get it i totally understand why but i'm right. also like man it kind of gives it away a little bit but at the same time anybody that's ever explained this game like oh you should play it why oh because like fucked up things happen you're like oh okay you know 
Mm. And then, you know, from there, use your best judgment in terms of, you know, trigger warnings and all that stuff. But um, I found that uh, I found that kind of interesting that uh, that's in there. I, um, I think I have a theory as to why that might be, why they hit the like the trigger warnings um, a little bit harder this time. And I think it's got to just have to do with the mass distribution, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You're, on that, Nintendo, yeah. you're on a Nintendo console, you're on a Sony console, you're on an <clears> Xbox. <throat> um, and, and how it looks and, you know, how right. the, the initial you know, imagery that you get when you see the game in the market you don't want people accidentally buying this. If yeah, I right. mean, like I'm looking at the, now at the, Doki Doki the Switch ESRB rating. So, right. Yeah, what, what is what? I'm assuming it's M, right? Uh, <laughs> it better be. E? It's E? <laughs> no, hold on. It's, 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 it's E10 plus. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, no, I'm imagining it's got to be M, right? Like now I have to look it up because I'm gonna yeah, fucking lose sleep on that. Finding it? Oh, it is E10. It is E10 plus. <laughs> You're kidding me! Oh, I'm sorry. That's Doki Doki Universe. I'm sorry. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. That's a totally different game. <laughs> hold on. Um, uh, okay. Wait. Hold on. So, um, if you read the, I, I'm a, this has to be uh, M because if you read the description, it says. This is a visual novel in which the players assume the role of a high school student, which joins a school's literature club and attempts to become a character's boyfriend. As players progress through the story, they can interact with one of four okay. female students. Uh, and then some interactions contain dark thematic elements of instances of violence. It is uh, it is an M-rated game. Okay, go. good, good, good. <sighs> Blood, strong language, suggestive themes, violence. God, what if it was him? Man, I, I, I'll be honest. And again... I never actually beat the game, but like I just never thought of this game as having side stories. I just thought that they does, were more like replay it and focus on this character instead. So in, in the plus version, there are side stories mm-hmm. that are like new content. Right. And and actually replaying it is how you unlock those side stories. Yes. So it's like Making if you focus choices. on yep. these girls, then uh, when you're writing your poems, then it will unlock those girls' side stories. I have to admit, <laughs> there is a little bit of hesitancy to play this game over and over again for me. I feel like there's It, it seems like it's a lot, it. but the, the, um, you know, you do girl. have the skip feature. Okay. So you could just skip to you like skip the big whole choices, days, basically. Yeah, you can skip yeah. all the all the text to the point where you make a choice. Yeah, I was gonna say because uh, some of that is you are just hitting. Like when I so for anybody who's never heard this story, um, when I had first played Doki Doki, uh, I played on PC, and I got to the big thing, and then the game, uh, as you guys I'm sure talked about, is pretty uh, kind of messes with you a lot. Like mm. you know. <laughs> And I overcorrected, I, I guess. <laughs> and I like, I was like, the game obviously wants me to delete my save files. So I went deep <laughs> into file folders and I deleted everything. And then it was like, no, you went too far. And um, and I tried to jump back into it. And uh, but a lot of it, I'll be honest, I think what really kept it was it was just me smashing the space button. Because I was just trying to get through the dialogue, and you're trying to like, get back to where you were. Yeah, and it just at that point, you know, uh, the, the magic was lost a little bit. And also, so, I I think you told me that you fixed all the errors in the game, so you yes, just played yes. a normal dating simulator. That's cool, Evan. Yeah. So wait, uh, figured it out. Which one? Uh, <laughs> what if that's the big secret? Like you just fix the game. So it's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's fucking easy. Dating game after. 
Steve, who did you first go after? Uh, when I played in 2017, I originally just went hard Yuri because she's yeah. a she's a tall girl who is you know she's, got she's a tall old, golf girl, big old she's brain. a tall golf girl pretty much. Yeah, uh, and then the second time I went with um, Sayori and Natsuki because I hadn't actually ever done those before. So okay, um, Tim, I always go, go I go uh, Sayori first and then Yuri after uh, yeah. that happens. Okay. Okay. Chris, did you you play this right? Yuri, Yuri. Yeah. John. <laughs> it was just Yuri the whole time. Wow. For me. Wow. Bunch of. Uh, I mean, my first, my first go. Yeah, we're Yuri. Story. I went with Yuri. <laughs> well, I'll say this: at the risk of sounding like a, like a mini baby genius, um, when it comes to the the actual gameplay of like picking the words, I just kind of picked my favorite word that I saw. And most of the time, it yeah, was I went with my guy. Yuri, too. I was like, "What's a word I like more?" And like, effulgent. I was like, "That's a fun word." And then, of course, <laughs> of course Devin was writing word. for himself. God damn it! Essentially, yes. <laughs> yeah. There should you be know. a little Devin icon that hops. And <laughs> <laughs> she's got she got big old honkers. So let's not let's let's be honest. Then you find out that that Devin. Is allergic to pizza, like that's his tragic story. Oh, <laughs> Devin, but you love pizza. That's why I have to leave it out. I have to let the, the I have to let the ingredients congeal so it and defeats then, the. And then my head starts spinning, and you're like, "Whoa, this game's got a twist!" Whoa. Um, but yes, I, I if you haven't played this game and you've sat for this entire time to hear us talk about it, why don't you do yourself a favor? Good play it. Fucking luck, buddy. Did you fucking fucking yeah. just, play just, just play it. It's on it. everything play now. Play it. Yeah, that's uh. Is it on Xbox game? too? It's on Xbox as well. Yes. Yep. It's like thirteen. Oh man, system seller for Xbox. It's, uh, it needed one. Uh, wait, is it on Game Pass? Because I don't think it's on Game. Pass. It is not. On game Actually, Pass. I would have been pretty mad because I have Game Pass. I would have been disgusted. I'm a Game Pass member. Is it on uh mobile? No. No. Not yet. I feel like that it'd be pretty good on mobile. Oh, absolutely. Would it work on mobile with all the with some of the things? Well, that's yeah, what I thought about console. Why, yeah, that's why yeah. the, the yeah, plus version introduces the virtual machine. And you know what? The Switch version does have touch controls. Does it? Yeah. Switch is basically less powerful than than your phone. Imagine anyway, like getting days. a like an ad in the Doki Doki Literature <laughs> Club phone game. It's like a castle defense game, and then Monica just takes a big shit all over it. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine getting a Switch update where, where it makes the Switch more more powerful than your phone now. Oh, dude, it unlocks, yeah. yeah. It unlocks <laughs> the Pro version, guys. Imagine updating the Switch so we're not on 2013 technology Yeah, anymore. if you want to have a Switch that works the best, just get the OLED version. <laughs> the, uh, the Metaverse uh, VM loads a lot faster on my PS5 than it does on the Switch. I'm just Whoa, saying. I bet. I'm just saying, guys. I'm just saying. That's a, that's a SSD for you, baby. By the way, I fired up my. Uh, this is very, very off topic, but I, I fired. Well, one, I thought my switch was broken today. I was like, oh no. Uh, but I fired up oh, Breath no. of the Wild save, and I was like, I have no idea how this game works anymore. Uh, it's kind of upsetting. You trying to power through that bad boy? Well, oh, I so might play I'm it again. Actually, thinking, I'm thinking. I know exact. I know now why I. I mean, I know why. I know now why you cry. Uh, but I'm thinking I know <laughs> but it's why I can't can trigger. Because I've been trying to trigger a specific cutscene. Um, and I could never get it to trigger. And then today I was like, maybe I got to do this thing. But I haven't tested it out yet. 
Are you Actually, doing like the memory stuff? It's a pretty good segue to a game that you can't judge by its cover that I put on Ooh, this list. Let's hear it. Uh, that would be The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Mm. Um, AKA The Weird One. The Weird One. <laughs> the weird one. <laughs> I, this game creeped the fuck out of me in a lot of ways. Yeah. It is not just the moon. It is not just Skull Kid. It's a lot of stuff that happens in this game that's just... Very off-putting and off-settling and very unsettling. Yeah, uh, like, I think just as a whole, people have, after playing that game, been like, yeah, there's something off about this Zelda. And, like, they use this as the basis for, like, one of the most popular creepypastas, the Ben Drown story. Yep. And I think that's a good pick, you know? I think they knew that. I Mm -hmm. think they knew that this game, the Zelda game, is a little different than most in that it's kind of scary. I, I, I don't think dark. I'm, yeah, it's dark. It fo- it's, it's like, you know, it's a, fo- it's weirdly focused on death. A lot of death imagery in it. Like the ends of things. And, you know, and I feel like the moon doesn't help. No, <laughs> this is a spooky moon. that face it is, uh, this is the dawn of the third day. Uh, and then it's that a became game. a meme, you know? Right. I mean, right. It's, it's, it's a game in a lot of ways uh, set in the Zelda universe, which is typically, you know, good conquers evil uh, courage, you know, will overcome power any day. But also Tim. Uh, the courage of your convictions and Link is, you know, this little kid who does the right thing and saves the world. Uh, but go ahead and make your joke. Oh, I was going to say, but also, Tim, it is <laughs> yes. not in the Zelda universe. That's true. What? And it's, it's a not? game very much about the inevitability, inevitability of things, right? You have three days to do all of the shit before the world ends, and you have to keep breaking time in order to buy yourself another chance to get it all fucking done. Right. Uh, and no one seems to know or care that this is happening. It's just Link against the universe it seems yeah Yeah, like like you know you you're racing the beginning of that game is link is race kid link is racing on opona and then he hits he hits a branch on a tree and then he just ends up in this world named termina and you know you you bump into skull kid or no no i'm sorry you're chasing skull kid right yeah right and he takes he takes something from you it's the Ocarina of Time, isn't it? I think, yeah, he takes the Ocarina because he's fucking around with it. I don't think it's the Ocarina of Time. I think he just takes your Ocarina because he's just tooting about. He's just oh, maybe he does take the Ocarina of Time. Yeah, he does. I'm sorry. It's been so long, even though I played the remake, which the remake, not the remake, but the remaster for 3DS. Yep. Kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. It's wait, it, wait, what? Why does it suck? Um, There's a whole YouTube channel that kind of compares what they took away from the game. Uh, they fucked with a lot of mechanics to make it worse. Like um, they broke um, the Deku Link's like hipping, uh, skipping over water ability. Uh, they ruined uh, Zora Link's swimming. Oh, okay. uh, it, it just became a hassle. And they took a lot of really cool things that were in that original game and just kind of fucking just turned it into shit. Um, but like, you know, that that game is so weird because it's like, here you're underground. Here's the death. You you get these people's masks when they die. They're death masks. Yes. Yeah. Pretty out there concept and, for a video game. If you think about it. <laughs> and yeah, like, and he, here's the part that's like the, the scariest thing. It's like, there is a link desk, ma- uh, death mask. So it's like, yeah, link might've died at the beginning of this game. That's the, uh, that's always the theory I've heard. That's a theory, around. but like, you know, the fact that this game can present those theories and like this game has n- 
this game should never be in that gold cartridge. I know it, I think it came in a gold cartridge when it first came out. It should not because it is, it should not be associated with. It should have been a dark, darker colored yeah, cartridge. It, is what it should saying. just be something, something corrupt and wrong and weird. <laughs> yeah. Really stood out though. And it totally took me by surprise in a lot of ways, you know? Yes, totally. So totally. Diff- yeah, it's so different from every other entry in the series. Like Zelda games have been dark since, but it, not before. Really, I think I think there are moments of darkness in Zelda games, like when you first pull um, the Master Sword in Ocarina of Time, and then you yeah. go back into the fucking town, and it's just filled with co- corpses and zombies and shit. Yeah, that's a, that's a big tonal shift for sure. But like in Majora's I, uh... Mask, it's like that's the entire tone. It's like. Right. It's like people getting through the stages of death or the, the, the stages, stages of grief of loss. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it's like, you know, it's like, haha, that's not going to happen to like being like, please, please, gods, please, D- uh, Din and whatever. Feyror and uh, I can't remember the third one. Sorry. So sorry. this was a I'm game a where uh, my sister had, had been playing it for a while. And every time I watched it, you know, I like to fancy myself a gamer. I think I know things about game mechanics. And every time I watched her play it, I could not make heads or tails of what was happening. I'm like, there's a timer. She keeps resetting. And it's like, and she, I get, obviously, I think if you played it, you would know exactly what's going on here. But I was just like, Dude, I, I have no fucking clue what is happening in this game. It was, uh, and that's that's a super bizarre thing because you know, if if I were to walk in on one of you guys playing Breath of the Wild or Oak, like Ocarina of Time or basically any Zelda game, I could figure it out. Uh, Majora's mm-hmm. Mask just seems like really, it's like a, it's a puzzle. strange beast, man. It really it's is in good. a lot of ways. Um, I don't know. I think it's just weird. It's it's different. Yeah. It's not necessarily. That's not saying it's good or bad. I feel like mm-hmm. I, I I was expecting something and I got something completely, Wasn't almost it, completely different. I don't want to say it was a bet, like as in like a joke, but it was like I I always hear the history of like this was like a challenge by uh, Miyamoto or something. It's like you have a year to make this, and he was like, wow. "Fucking all right." Um, and then they just like you know I don't want to say farted it out, but you know. They they did it and I it's think you're right. super bizarre. And I don't know, man. It's just it's so unique when you look at every Zelda game. It's like, yeah, this is the super weird abstract one. And you're like, yeah, okay. Hmm. And, I think where uh, it I succeeds always... the most is changing the nature of like Zelda has always been like a game about puzzle dungeons, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get a new power as in the dungeon and you use that to solve the puzzles. And now you can go change the overworld because you have the fire rod and you can burn down the moss and go into the cave. Right. But changing the entire structure of the game to making that the puzzle, the puzzle is not how do I advance through this dungeon? Although that definitely happens in Majora's Mask. The puzzle is how do I get out of this three day loop? How do I actually do everything I need to do in the amount of time that I have? And that structure is really adventurous for a game from what was that, Steve? 99 2000. or 2000? 2000. Really, really, really adventurous, uh, especially for a company like Nintendo, which as much as I love their games, focus on kind of doing twists on the same formula. It kind of is, but it super isn't at the same time. There's a there's a plot 
a side plot in Majora's Mask that always has like a really creepy. Vibe. I mean, the whole game's creepy, but like, um, there's um, Lon Lon Farm, but I forget the version in um, the Termina version. In the Termina version, but it's essentially those characters. Yeah, and it's up. like aliens are going to come yes, right. at the night, and they're going to take the cows, and like the the girls are like we're gonna we're gonna fight off or the the little girls are like i'm gonna fight off the aliens tonight and the the older sister's like you can't do that you can't do that just we have to hide we have to hide tonight because the aliens are coming and if you come back and you like if you don't do that mission and you come back they are fucking like they are pod people when you talk <laughs> to them again <laughs> that's right <laughs> But like, yeah, like if you go do that mission, you're fighting off fucking aliens. <laughs> like it's fucking wild. It's crazy. Uh, crazy I idea. It, I think it's called Romani Ranch. Romani, yeah. Which seems it's weird because that's the name of an actual people. But OK, that's a cool game. That's a cool game. It's a really cool game. Uh, and I think it fits the topic we're talking about, which is games that surprise you what by not being what you expect. What other games come to mind? Does marketing count as a cover for a game? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. So sure. why don't I bring a little game that came out last year called Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> I was it's the bad one. A good game. Yeah, I mean, the bad this, route, John. you could definitely take this in a negative route where something is sold to you as being the best next thing and then underhanded tactics come through or just like i've said we've said it multiple times we fully expected this game to be the best thing we've ever played in our lives based on everything that's how they sold to us that's how they sold it i think it's even simpler than that we were sold a game that would work yeah (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't that it doesn't have to go that deep is what you're saying We were told we were buying a, an actual game that we could play. <laughs> yeah, like that in its face value is wrong. Oh god. It's, it was not right. You, we we bought a game that was not finished. Yeah, and and like they went out of their way to show like this is what the PlayStation version looks like. And it's like that's not what the PlayStation version looked like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was such like bald face lying and marketing what again. What went mm-hmm. wrong, you think? Was it the fact that they they tried to do too much? With such I, little time. I think meaning, it was a bunch of people in a boardroom being like, well, we did so good with The Witcher 3. Why don't we make this huge, massive thing? And this will be in it. And this will be in it. And this will be in it. And then when you realize at the end of the day, it's like, these people only have like one huge game under their belt. Like, yeah, that's Witcher it. Witcher 1 and 2 were fine games, but not crazy successful like Witcher 3 was. Um, yeah, well, they were on a very, very direct upward trend it was like yep. Witcher one people really like Witcher one but you know it's kind of well, not, like not that. even on those facets though thing. like even the the facet where it's like oh we're the we're the good developer that's oh, gonna yeah, do everything right we're gonna give the dlc for free right. we're gonna get do everything correct they created an image that they were like, pulling we're different than they fucking were they were Western a triple studio but they acted like an indie studio like we're all yeah, about like a right. customer and this is how you do it you we're we're gonna be the the, the standard the standard in the industry of, of how developers should treat their customer bases well, <sighs> they weren't that. <laughs> and now we're at they the point are. where they won't even show their their uh, their sales numbers because they're so embarrassed. No, <laughs> they they just got back into the PlayStation Store. I, I really think you know, it's dude, it's a it problem of, of it's July of 2021 currently. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. That's it's okay. that long. 
<laughs> I think I think to me it sounds like a situation of you have ten people employed in a certain department with nine people talking about how great it's going to be and one person actually doing the work. I mean, like, I, it's as simple as they, they molyneux themselves. Yeah. Right. Yes. They talked mm-hmm. about how great every feature of this game was going to be and how deep they were making the systems when really it doesn't matter how big your team is. The technical limitations of the platforms they were aiming for are going to hold you back from doing 90% of those <laughs> things you promised. And but that's not even, is that even the whole story? Because like, this this is the narrative that that people tried to run with during that entire fiasco, and it was the the narrative was, oh, why are you playing it on old technology? Oh, upgrade your systems. Bro. Upgrade your yeah. system. This is right. built for new for next gen. Even though the same year earlier in, in April we got the Last of Us two, which nothing still looks as good as that game, <laughs> yeah, right? In my in yeah. my opinion, Gorgeous. and that's on PlayStation four. With really cool like like gameplay mechanics that were built into like the graphic system, like that rope, and it and always look. runs amazing. Yes, like right. And <laughs> at no point was I like, oh, what's all this fucking frame okay. drops and shit. Yeah, at no point you were like, oh, I should have just waited for the PS5 version right. so I could yeah. play something on an optimized system instead of uh, playing but, on old technology. Uh, but John, that's Naughty Dog. They're a first party Sony thing. They optimized for the PlayStation 4. Cyberpunk <laughs> had to but, come out on all the consoles. Actually, I'm not going to lie. I, I do think there is something to optimizing for one type of console. No, I think that, I mean, yeah, that's absolutely true. But also don't sell the bill of goods that you are pulling yep. this off on every console. That's where yeah. you fall down. Yeah. That's where well, you I mean, fucked that, up. Yeah, and it's... Like, like was Witcher was Witcher three? Did that launch on PC and console simultaneously, or no? It launched on Xbox did, and PC yeah. at the same on the same day. Yes. Yeah. It oh, was okay. a Microsoft um, exclusive for a certain period of time, I believe, because Microsoft poured some money into that project for the Xbox to sell Xbox Ones before, you know, they had any kind of a catalog. So I hate to say it though, but like that is the type but of they stuff were that that <laughs> no that does actually make me kind of nervous. And I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not even expecting. What do you mean about Horizon Forbidden West or God of War? Yeah, is God of War supposed to come out on PS4 as well? God of War Ragnarok is coming out on PS4 as well. Um, I believe would be fine. But I'm just saying, like, there is something to be said about like you gotta you gotta like build it for the lowest common denominator. But no, but this is the thing though. There are so many games that launch on on multi multi generation. Uh, same platform. Mm-hmm. A game like, I mean, and crucify, shoot me in the head if you want to, but a game like Call of Duty can come out because these guys are, these systems are optimized for making, for generating the most money in the littlest amount of time. Yeah. So Activision right. makes sure that these games work right. on every platform that they're on because they don't want to lose money. Right. Yeah. So why can't CD Projekt Red? And you know, or even um, Santa Monica Studios. Why can't why can't they just make it work on both last gen and, well, and this gen? Right. There's a there's a, I mean there's a million one things that went wrong with with that fucking game. Um, right. The defense that I have to that point off the top of my head, and I'm not trying to defend these people, is that EA has the benefit of having used the same engine for every single one of these games. <laughs> You're right. Since You're right. PlayStation also, also they have two. like three, four teams on that that game. Right, they rotate one team off and one team releases a game per year, right? So while Black Ops 7 is being developed by Treyarch or whatever, then Team 2 is working on whatever the version is coming out this year. Um, 
and they have that EA Activision whatever giant conglomerate kind of money, the Ubisoft money they can pour into <laughs> these projects. Whereas, yes, uh, CD Projekt Red had unlimited money. The Resident Evil Village not work on 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 old gen consoles? No, it worked. I don't. It did. I think it worked. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hear anything awful about it. Yeah, there were there weren't scathing articles being thrown my way, <laughs> telling me how bad and poorly optimized it was. I'm just saying that the the narrative shouldn't have been blaming the victim for playing it on a oh, system that clearly not 100. It... In fairness, I feel like that uh, narrative was pushed by people trying to defend Cyberpunk because they still wanted it to be good in those first initial weeks after uh, the release. I don't think CD Projekt Red was out there saying, well, you buy a PS5, idiot. <laughs> you know, well, I, think, they I, did. Think, I don't know. I think from what I, Steve, you finished, right? Yes. I think from what me and Steve figured out is a lot of the problems that we were dealing with in the game towards the end, it was the game. It wasn't performance it was, it was <laughs> issues. Yeah. It was, yeah, um, it's a baked in problem. Like the end really gets real streamlined and, not yeah, like no open. matter I mean, no matter how much they put into that game trying to fix it like engine wise and graphically <laughs> you guys just aren't it's you're, just you're uh it's just kind of a I mean I had concerns about I had concerns that I expressed with you guys prior to that about the gunplay yeah. and if it was going to work and it didn't right and that's the thing the commercials and the trailers that we were watching at the time were fucking like showing off these guns and stuff mm they don't show off the fact that everybody's head is a fucking bullet sponge in the game. Right. So it yeah. doesn't matter. There's no, cr- there's no crits. And like, like hacking is, is God tier. And if you, you could like kill five people at once without even entering a location and not, you didn't even have to shoot anybody. If you had, if you were good. And every, that. every game right. has broken mechanics like that, especially games like this. Like sure. Skyrim had, had broken OP mechanics. Yeah, it wasn't it, but a it blatant. It wasn't but a it didn't blatant. kill the game, right? It didn't yeah. it didn't kill the game just because you had dragon armor two hours two hours right. the game. <laughs> because it, other yeah. other methods of playing doesn't the game, make the were game unplayable. Yeah. The, right? make the, like, game unplayable. the problem with Cyberpunk for me, I didn't finish it uh because I hit a point where I was like, I'm not enjoying the it's story waste, choices I get. I, like yeah. Johnny Silverhand seems like a shoehorned in thing. Uh at one point about what I imagine is like 65, maybe 70% through the actual story missions in the game, you get your big speech from Johnny Silverhand that was so bad it made me turn off the game forever. (laughs) Uh, Where he lays out the stakes of the plot, which are corporations are bad, and it's like, yeah, I'm playing a cyberpunk game, dude. That is the point. (laughs) It's it's so one-dimensional, like his thinking is like, really? This is is why you were... This is why you hijacked my body? (laughs) They were so hung up on the theme that they didn't have like any good but they character the point or, of the or stories to tell. Well, that we too. Know, we but know like, that in a, like, in a, in a we cyberpunk bought, world. We bought this frame. And it's like, are you going to put a picture in the frame? Nah, we're just going to hang the frame up. <laughs> right. Oh, by the way, it broke. Yeah, the frame broke. <laughs> I think another game that it's 100% guilty of this is No Man's Sky. Oh, yeah. They mm. sold the world. This indie game developer sold the world to literally Stephen Colbert on a stage. Yep. I remember that interview. And then it came out and people were like, Oh, there's no, oh, this in isn't, here. this isn't, this is just all just there's yeah. There's no depth to this. What a this snake just... oil salesman. <laughs> At least in I the case of hello games, he come back and he was just like, I just couldn't, I just, he's like, I'm just sorry. He's like, I just, 
kept saying things. I just kept saying yes whenever they asked me questions. I believe it. That's what you say when you get caught. Yeah. (laughs) Very true. But, like, how wouldn't he not have gotten caught? Like, he knew what's in that game. Right. It was one of those situations where I think he probably misanswered a question during an interview and gave an answer he shouldn't have and then was like, well, fuck, I'm in too deep now. When all he really had to do was say, "Uh, you know what, actually, um, about that thing you asked, yeah, I misspoke. I should have said X. He but, legit uh, did a he 50 kept... questions interview where he like the interviewer kept asking him things you could do in the game. And he kept saying you could do them like it's another Molyneux situation yeah, yep. he put himself in. And, you know, to be fair, No Man's Sky has amended themselves. It's, immensely. A, it's a good game now. Yeah, they, they have, the they have corrected the ship. Damage but yeah, the damage is yeah, done. Damage is done that, that game came out five years ago. And like now you're just getting to where your promise was. Right. So like Cyberpunk, that ship has sailed. Like Yeah, it's kinda over. That that enough, window's right? done. I, I mean, you're right. They what did they say? They said the PS4 version and Xbox One versions are at a they said acceptable level. Their acceptable yeah. level of release was not acceptable. No. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. They're saying like, hey, at this point, essentially, I think they just said we are now going to start focusing on, you know, DLC and like the PS5 and Series X versions of this game. Which is again, um, you know, I that's the version I played version. Uh I played up to like a very specific point in that game. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to treat this like a fun demo. And I like, ah, let me know when the game's done, because uh, hmm. that's all. I, that's all I got. <sighs> to me, hearing the words, we believe the performance on last gen <laughs> consoles are at an acceptable level. So we're going to focus on <laughs> DLC is saying, oh, this has gone so poorly that we need to start generating money if we're ever going to have a hope of actually fixing our problem. So we need yeah. to sell the, our five defenders the DLC in order to be able to fund fixing the rest, uh, uh, which is not encouraging. That, I will say, like a battered wife, I'm like, oh, the Witcher, the Witcher Three is going to have new DLC, and and they're oh, yes, please, yes, daddy. Feed me more, <laughs> but at least Witcher is done. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. That game, no, works. yeah, yeah. That, that's just gonna get a that's fun a safe graphical bet. update, and it's gonna get, I think, a new costume based off the show. And and yes, and how funny would it be if the new Witcher content is broken too? <laughs> oh man, that, that would be, be it. That would, that would be, be it. Be yeah. <laughs> Come on, Sorry. guys. You fuck with your bread and butter. You you shouldn't have a company anymore. Yeah. Here's a question. CD Projekt Red, do you think they're done as a... Uh, I mean, they're obviously not done as a company, but do you think they've tarnished their, their brand so oh, much that a, the next new IP that they come up with will not be marketed as such? I think, I think it's going to have to be. a lot more Witcher stuff until they're allowed to do Man, something. Man, they got to ride that Witcher. They got to ride the Witcher I crutch. I tarnish the industry. <laughs> the game industry. I don't yeah. trust yeah. anybody anymore. Fair. I'd say that's a fair statement. I don't trust I mean, anybody. yeah, you can't trust. It just proves that even the good developer is shady as fuck, right? Yeah, right. Man. They were the, 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 the beacon of hope in, in the third party the third party pool. Yeah. Well, yeah, games, at the time right? they, they were the company they couldn't miss. Witcher 3 is is still seen as one of the greatest games of all time. But um, is it though after Cyberpunk yes. came out? I don't <laughs> yes. know. Yes. <laughs> I don't know about that. Though. 
uh, to, to keep talking about. To, um, do you want me to spend my twenty minutes to talk about like a game that really shocked me was The Witcher Three? Because <laughs> uh, we made Steve and I like forced you to play that because we because we heard such good things and we didn't want to play. We were it. like, we were like, Devin. Well, also, I tried Witcher Two. No, here's the thing. I don't want to play it. I don't want to talk about it. But I'll just say this is I was just so frustrated with that game because I was like, I should love this, but I hated Witcher Two. Like I hated the way that game played. Yep. And then you know, so maybe when Cyberpunk twenty seventy eight comes out, we'll be we'll be the same in the same. You boat. know, it was it must be how I you, one would like in like getting slowly addicted to cigarettes is you're like, oh, this is so gross. Let me have another one. <laughs> oh man, oh, whatever. And like that was I was like, I don't really like this game. And that was a week. And then like I was like, but I keep playing it. And like another week went by. I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. It's just a thing to do. <laughs> I could stop anytime I want, guys. And then at some point, I just got immersed into that game and you know now you're an addict and we can all tell dude it, uh, it's all in your face i'm a witcher 3 fucking fanatic bro like i will a hundred thousand percent replay that game once it once the 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 next gen update comes out you keep trying to fight us and get cards for some game you keep playing i don't, <laughs> I don't understand it man you don't understand it. <laughs> you about george point? went the yeah, actor? George Went, the actor. G Went. Yeah, George Wentworth Miller. Uh, <laughs> no, but that is def- that definitely, yeah. Like, that is a game where, like, you went in hesitant. You were like, I'm going to buy it used. Hesitant. And... I was like, disgusted. I was like, fine. I bought the used <laughs> copy, accidentally f- forgot to return it. And then. Accidentally. <laughs> it was kind of one of those, like, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> Take the L. But uh, no, that was uh... anyway. Uh, can I can I mention a, a, a few? Uh, there's a few. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're uh, just yeah, we're just we're, we're, off. We're, we're, we're just shooting the shit. Um, so I never beat this game, but I was so it was kind of like I wasn't sure what to expect, and I'm very like I kind of really like it, but it's just like same time it's like not my style of game, and that game is Fury. You guys remember that game? Uh, F-U-R-I. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. That, game, that game rules. One, that game rules. And it's like, I was like, I didn't know what I was getting into. And I just fired it up. And the music is great. Incredible soundtrack. Um, Chris, I think you especially would get super, super down with this music. It's like very like techno synthy. Okay. Um, and Looks but it's cool. a boss rush game. It's a boss rush game. And it is not easy. Not at all. And, and then it's just like the the story beats in between because essentially it's just like you walk slowly through areas and then like you know the plot is is kind of a little heady i'll say and then you meet you fight a boss and they have some sort of like crazy you know i don't want to say like they're metal gear solid-esque tier characters but they're all like really heady you're right nobody's just an enemy right yeah they have like crazy introspective dimension to them Exactly. So you're like, whoa, this is wild, right? Um, but I unfortunately I just hit a point where I just could not beat the game. Uh and then, you know, I kind of put it down and you know, it is what it is. Um another game which I did beat that I was extremely surprised by. Um and I'm assuming so so uh, Steve, I apologize if this isn't exactly the thread, but like I'm kind of taking these as more like not like big massive twists but more so just like i kind of got a little bit more than i bargained for in a good way no i mean I yeah, that, that's, yeah that's, that's exactly okay, okay. Sure. uh because the other one is valkyria chronicles um 
which is a basically it's an anime. <laughs> like it's, it's a tactics a World game, War right? II anime. Yep. Yes, that is essentially. Uh, yeah, it's a turn-based. Like again, if I on paper, right? It's like it's a turn-based, oh, borderline grid-based game. Not entirely unlike XCOM, but imagine if instead of having this over, this high-level overview, you just got to pick the unit and then ram until you hit the red spot and then fired, and you know you had your one or two actions, and that was that. But in terms of the story, it it like again obviously if you look at it it's like super anime but it's also super anime in that really good way where you're like oh this is like kind of well told i really care about the characters every each character has moments right in the sense Mm. of um they're all just kind of unique because it's one of those like there's permadeath um and then there's just more people than you could ever actually field so you can sub out units or sub out like units, meaning characters. And they're like, oh, I want this type of grenadier as opposed to that type of grenadier, because like, I don't know, he might be friendly with this character or that character. Or maybe I just like the way that character looks like. Right. I mean, my star, my star character in both times I played Valkyria Chronicles because uh, I played the PS4 remaster um, was and this is fucking basic, but. He's like a guest character from like Skies of Arcadia. Oh, Vise, yeah. Yeah, Vise. And he's just like a, a machine gunner. And like Vise was my guy. Like Vise, yeah, Vise, was the, Vise I gave the best equipment. He had he had pretty good stats too. Uh and when I say stats, I mean, you know, uh not entirely unlike Dead by Daylight stats, where it's like, oh, this character will do this. And like if this character is faced with more than two enemies, like his stats get like a crazy boost. And okay. then you can level those characters up and then they get more stats and all sorts of stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's essentially it's just anime World War Two. But I don't know, man, is is super, super cool. And then when when you first played that game, did you think you would get as into it as you I did? heard good things. So the the story of me playing that game was like, um, when did the, when did the first one come out? It was a PS3, PS3 game. so I think like 2007, okay. 2008 maybe? Yeah, so I can't remember the name of that store that, Tim, that store you used to work at. Game Crazy. Like, yeah. That's yes. It. So, but it was attached to the, the, the video store. The Hollywood game. video, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was a Hollywood video. They were closing down, and then obviously, which meant the Game Crazy was closing down if it hadn't already. And obviously, everything went on sale. So I walked in, and everything you would expect that would be left would be left your maddens your nbas your you know just everything that nobody really wanted the yearly iteration but just fucking sitting there was this game valkyria chronicles and i was like you know i heard good things and of course i picked it up for like eight bucks or whatever it was and i put it in and i was just kind of like all right like i'm into it and then i just like completely just fell in love with with the characters and the story and uh, I was all about it, dude. David, uh, I got a picture of your favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you're not really all the way off. Wow. What it looks like. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty goddamn accurate, actually. How dare you? The little chubby. Dev, that's why you like him, right? Is that chubby is the, the character? Well, yeah, he's got a little meat on him. Um, I don't know, man. He looks pretty tough. I don't know if I would fuck with that guy. To be you honest. know how he lost that one eye? 
he was in a wing eating contest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're looking at a picture that Chris posted from someone. It's someone cosplaying guys from Valkyria Chronicles. Not he's got a little extra. Arcadia. He's got a little extra. Yeah, yeah, he's not he's unlike the, uh, the fat colossus. Of I think old. they call that war, war weight. War weight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gain a little that's, weight when you're the heart attack that they make you eat on the battlefield. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's how that's how um, Ocelot was born. He was born on the battlefield. Yeah, <laughs> extra fat. Just he was a food baby. Um, and then uh, th- there are a few others, but I'll just mention. Um, we don't. We do not have to get into this. But Walking Dead was another just fucking. Oh, good one, Devin. Yeah, that's a very good one. I was like, what's this? Like, yeah, you guys made me play that fucking game while I was living alone with no friends in in Atlanta. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a bad time to play that farmhouse level. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude, I uh, I mean, yeah, I think that game just goes without. Because that was like Steve and I played the demo. And we were like, yo, this game is great. And then like, I think I went home and I played the demo because like once you play, it's like, do you want to buy it? And I was right. Like, I was yeah, like, hell so yeah. Much. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God, dude. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. It was so fun, you know. Um, it, was it was really cool, especially because it had that episodic structure. So it mm-hmm. felt great to have something to play for like two, three hours, finish that chapter, and then the anticipation of waiting for the next chapter and being like, oh, what the fuck is going to happen now? Like yeah. just my, thinking it, about it for a my, month until the new one came out. My favorite thing was, um, so Devin would play it and then I would go over Devin's house. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah, would yeah. I would play on my save over at his house. And right. So he could him. see all my choices. And specifically in episode 2 of Walking Dead, I chose the wrong dialogue option when you're trying to make sure Clementine doesn't eat the food. Oh no. I screamed the wrong thing and Clementine just shoves a big old fucking spoonful of human meat into her mouth. Big oh, chunk of Mark's leg, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and Devin's I, like, "You monster!" <laughs> yeah, well, because I think the the craziest thing that I had witnessed because uh, I made my girlfriend at the time play it, and uh, the beginning scene of that game is just you're in the uh, you're in the back of a car, a cop car. The cops like just talking, and then uh, he hits a zombie. Right? He hits a zombie. And there's a big car accident. Uh, but like one of the options is you could be like, look out. Hey, check. Watch out. There's somebody in the room. You know, one of your options. Right. Um, but the game also says you can also just be silent and not. Make yeah, you can just let whatever's happening happen. <laughs> so my girlfriend uh, was playing this and she just chose the silence option. And I was like, that's some crazy shit. It's, like, <laughs> it's just like you're watching because you have time. And she just opted to be quiet. And I was like, that's uh, some fucking hardcore Jesus. shit. <laughs> You learned a lot. You learned yeah. a lot that day about her. I know. I, yeah, I, I learned. I learned that is some sociopath like, behavior for sure. Yeah, I was. I was like, um, I was a lot nicer to her after that. I thought. <laughs> um, Perhaps she was banking on the little-known law that if a cop runs over a pedestrian while they're transporting you to jail, you get out free. That's. <laughs> she was like, yeah. I mean, technically, he did get away. So technically, yes, Lee does get away after the work. Is that? Um, God damn it. That's one of the games I need to finish. I did season two and then I fell off for all the reasons everybody else fell off. Yeah, I never I never played the other season. Yeah, I never um, started dude, them. Season honest. two was good. Um, Devin, you got to go back and play the Back to the Future Telltale game now. Didn't, dude, he? I, was, didn't I started that. It's it's too 
annoying. It is. Yeah, annoying. I, I think they're going to play any <laughs> the, of those the worst, one, games. the worst one's the Jurassic Park one. That one. Oh, I forgot they did that. That was just outright stinks. And it's kind of like frustrating because that's a game that I think if it was made post Walking Dead, it would have been great. But like mm-hmm. they were kind of figuring out the kinks because that was they're, the first one where it was like style. you could die in this one. Because before, it's like Marty's never going to fucking die. No. You're not going to accidentally get Marty McFly killed. Only if he's uh, silent when the DeLorean <laughs> yeah. hits a guy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but as a result, it was made before. So it was kind of like this crawled to walking. You can always go to another back. time period, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go back in time and bring that guy back. They never do. <laughs> that's, that's what comes up. That's the little text. <laughs> they they yeah, never they will. Never, they never will. Um, yeah, I think um, that and, and you know that in line came with um, a lot of their choices. Where it's like the the fable one, um, Wolf Among Us, mm-hmm. and also uh, great. the Borderlands one. Shockingly, well, that's that, another like, surprise. You know, yeah. Like I think that's their their like honestly. Not counting The Walking Dead, because that that just by itself is kind of very, very wild. Um, I think Borderlands just might be their 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 tightest. I don't want to say tight. You think it's, it's better than like, Walking Dead? Dude, it's really It good. is really because good. Because it's funny. Yeah. I'll say this. It's very funny. And the stories were is that its sales were like shit. But like it was just this dedicated team that would just essentially put themselves into crunch mode just so they could finish it because they were like super behind it. And uh, I'm super thankful for those people because that game rules. It really, uh, it, it really elevates like all the Borderlands stuff and like the fact that like they were in Borderlands the three, Borderlands they were like, story. well, we're gonna have all these characters in the game. It just shows how big that game's like story was. So yeah, it's kind of one of those like. Um, hidden gems so to speak because at that point everybody was past it and uh i'll just kind of mention this last one that really comes to mind was um and i don't know if anybody mentioned it but spec ops the line um is pretty like i had picked it up because i heard it was kind of crazy and then i was like yup (laughs) Yeah, really this is crazy. one. This is one I never played, and I always wanted to. But like the things that I've heard of that happen in that game is wild. Yeah, it's because it, it's it's definitely it's definitely like um, it's playing on the post modern warfare um yeah. gamer well, I mean, like Spec Ops. The history of Spec Ops is just like nothing. Like you know, they're just like C tier, just like third person shooters I you're think. gonna run around in the midwest or midwest uh, yeah. middle east and, yeah. <laughs> and shoot people Oklahoma. and like i remember <laughs> seeing yeah like rangers lead the way was their first ever spec ops game and like let me tell you that is not <laughs> this is not the same type of game um Devin, i remember um, the trailer the 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 interviews they would do was all about the sand mechanic it was kind of like a game with a gimmick it felt yeah like. they were selling it as that yeah where it's like look at this sand and people are like who the fuck cares well, everybody's like okay cool I it's guess. sand uh yes. Devin, do you remember the white phosphorus mission in this game yes i do okay can um, you talk about that because i feel like that's the bit that's the big one yeah, that people well, talk I, about whenever they talk about this game so spoilers incoming but um yeah, so I had heard the, what I had heard was like there's a the game's fascinating because it's 
by by and large a very average third person shooter with like cool sand mechanics but like gameplay wise it's, it's kind of a cover third person shooter right um but they're like there's this thing that happens in the, like, in the middle of the game where you do a really bad thing and then the game kind of turn gets turned on its head a little bit i'm like okay and uh yeah there's a scene where you're you're being attacked by you know enemies and there's just like this white phosphorus like setup laying around and you're like no we got to do this uh and yeah, like, yeah you're you're in you're phosphorus. in the gunship and yeah it's you're, it's you're, either you're, that or like i'm in a bunker or something's happening yeah yeah you're 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 in the like the plane above and you're like let's fucking take them out that's the fucking terrorist that's the terrorist base yeah, well, drop the fucking it, white phosphorus so it's like you remember in modern warfare where you're like you're in the fucking gunship and you're gunning down the terrorists yeah you're shooting like fucking like fucking white phosphorus at these people like in modern warfare 1 yeah so that's that's what the mission starts as yeah well because you're getting shot and it's like well let's just do this and you're like you sure like bro we're getting fucking they're firing at us we gotta stop and then you realize that um they were essentially defending a bunch of civilians and then you walk and it's there they don't really pull too many punches there's like children with mothers holding them screaming and they're like melded together Jesus, because you murdered them essentially, but like that's just like the I don't want to say the inciting incident, but in terms of like where the game goes past that, it really is because then your character starts losing his mind like more and more. So, and they just do fun gameplay things where it's like before, right? You you walk into an area and you're like, okay, this is obviously a combat area, and then you're like, oh, we got bogeys on our left. Um, then he starts going like kill these guys and then he'll say murder these fuckers like like he starts losing just like the game dialogue starts getting crazier and crazier and then of course in the story um, obviously you're they're like hey are you okay because you, you essentially your brain essentially fucking breaks because you did a really awful thing and then you know you start getting flashbacks and then there's kind of like a uh a choose your own ending type of thing which i kind of don't like if i'm being perfectly honest Mm. i kind of think they should have picked one or the other uh but it's very much um um oh my god what is that what's the apocalypse now i see yeah I, i remember hearing that they were heavily inspired yes yes but i mean to be listen a ferocious enemy one must become cold-blooded and yeah yeah and do then, what the yeah. enemy won't do that kind of thing pretty much um so it's like it's a twist in so much like if you look at previous spec ops game like this is not at all what anybody was really expecting to play right um like a really heady third person cover like imagine if gears of war were like went that direction You'd be like what the f- I just wanted to chainsaw. That, like, I just murdered a child. <laughs> what are you yeah. doing? Damn, I just chainsawed a child. <laughs> and God damn it. Uh, so, so there's that, right? Um, but, I mean, listen, I think I think in terms of, like, the mechanics, it's, like, really nothing to, you know, go home about or anything like that. But, right. um, 
I do think it's kind of I don't want to say like required playing, but like, yeah, dude, if you if you just want to handle like deal with some very average gameplay mechanics, but like a pretty wild story, uh, I think it's fascinating with how they do it, and it's just kind of a shame because they never really did anything with that, you know. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't know if there was ever a Spec Ops game after that. Well, it sold it like shit, right? Yeah, I think I don't yeah. think it sold that well. But like, like I don't know if that team ever went on to do other wild shit. Um, you know, developers. Maybe that's why they did Jaeger, wild Dark shit because they're like, we're studios. making a Spec Ops game. <laughs> yeah, like it, let's it just does do some wild feel, shit with it. Like in a weird way, it feels kind of sneaky. They're like, all right, we got this Spec Ops game. And nobody really gives a shit, so like, let's do something kind of wild with it. Hmm. Um, Ambitious? No, like, I just think it would have been cool because like Far Cry did that, right? Like, it would have been like a Far Cry situation. To a lesser degree, right, right. But I'm saying like, where like Far Cry Three had like kind of a crazy villain, but that game was successful. So then they're like, all right, that's our thing now. Yeah, Spec Ops. If Spec Ops was like blew up. That well, I mean, that's what happened thing. with Modern Warfare, where Modern Warfare, like, there's a fucking nuke that goes off and, like, your right. main character dies. Like, and yeah. then in the second one, they were like, well, we have to top that, so we're going to do no Russian. <laughs> I was going to bring then it the up, th- yeah. one, the third one is they nuke fucking Paris, I think. Or no, no, they, I'm sorry, they set off a biologics weapon in Paris, and you just watch a child die in front of you. Yeah, uh, that's not the stakes you want to keep raising or the no, no. the video game. Like, uh, have this happen once in your game to like maybe, but like don't be like, how are we going to top this child dying from a fucking biological weapon? Ugh. I don't know. I would have liked that. 1980s. <laughs> we're gonna have Ronald Reagan's head explode. Like what? <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that yeah, pretty I'm cool. into that part. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't think. Sadly, I don't think Spec Ops is anywhere. It's nowhere free. Uh, you can get it on Steam probably dirt cheap or or oh, something or for dirt or, or sand. for dirt. Yeah, sand because they were big fans. Sand. Of Lots of sand. The, Chris, the sand mechanics. <laughs> sand mechanics. Uh, I I think so. Metal Gear Solid Two. I think was a big because I was so excited for this game and like they sold it on like here's Snake he's in a fucking boat you can interact with everything he's in a fucking he's in a fucking boat and that's like I don't know the first hour and a half and then the rest of the game you play is like this new dude and I like you know it's not a bad game it's Really good. Yeah, the gameplay is a great game, yeah. but like, fun he's just regular dude, though, right? He's not. He doesn't have the fucking robot legs. No, at that yeah, point, yeah, he's just like, like yeah. he's just like Raiden. a pretty ass Raiden? pretty boy. Is it Raiden or Raiden? It's Raiden. Raiden. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right on. And like that game does some fucking fun, crazy, like off the wall stuff, like <laughs> with the VR and and right when it reveals that the reason this game feels in a lot of ways like a rehash of Metal Gear Solid One's plot lines is because it's a virtual reality simulation for Raiden based on Snake's adventures. Right. It also came out early in the PlayStation 2's life. Like 2002? Yeah. Maybe? So it's probably the, like the title. Title to get at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember being psyched. And then I just remember never really getting truly over that hump of playing as Raiden. I think the story, too, kind of Raiden. took such a drastic turn towards nonsense. 
Mm. I think yes, two was about. That makes complete movie. sense, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I think with one, like the story's kind of compelling. It's about the military industrial complex, and there seems to be some sort of power struggle going on between these shadow organizations. That's really interesting stuff. I like that. And then with two, it's just like, well, there's vampires. And a fat guy on roller skates. Uh, who is the best villain in that whole game. Listen. He does, he does have a, a mixed drink on him at all times. As far as like a game's cover being or a game, what it was in the first game versus what it is in the second. This is right, though. He's a fat guy on roller skates. Like, <laughs> which is great. What? But like, what? Clearly it's... you never served, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it definitely comes out of nowhere, and it's totally different than one in that respect. The tone and the and the characters are mm. completely different, right? It is, it is. I mean, the tone is wildly different, and that's intentional. Uh, and it's not. It doesn't necessarily always land. I think uh, everyone here agrees that the gameplay is great. It added that first person um, right. ability right. to like you know peek around corners and do cool shit with that. Um, and I think that the broad strokes of the story work for me personally. I'm the one person on the Discord who is consistently defending that game. That's not uh, true. I think the you minutia... have Paul. You got Paul. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Paul's an idiot. I love Paul. <laughs> I love Paul. But I think Rain also agrees with me that that game is good in certain aspects and very weak in others. Um I would also argue, if we're talking about Better Your Solid, that three is like the inverse of two in terms of the surprise. Sure. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Because the surprises in that game are all generally good. There's a lot of silly shit in that game, too. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is an evolution of the, I'm going to take wild leaps in this story I'm telling, and maybe it'll work out. Um. But yeah, I, I think I think two is generally a very good game. I think the the it's ahead of its time in a lot of weird ways in terms of Metal Gear Solid One being about the military industrial complex broadly. Um, Metal Gear Solid Two is about you know cyber warfare and control of information, which is something we're living through the effects of currently. Right, like Metal, know, Gear Solid, uh, Metal Gear Solid nineteen years after that game two came out. had the first drone I'd ever seen. Right. Yeah, that's uh, true. Talk, I mean, the the whole reason the evil president is doing the evil president shit he does is because he understands that with the advent of the internet, like knowledge will become mimetic and be able to be controlled by whoever gets the spin on it first. Tim, I don't stick in see minds. that being a thing ever. No, right? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. And I think using information, dude, I, I, legitimately. If you had asked me like 10 years ago, if I thought Metal Gear Solid was very, very good, I would say it's a good game. Now I'm like, this game is actually really good prophetic a, in a lot a, of it's ways. It's fantastic. And you're like, well, yeah, he just fucking called it. Right. Don't you think, though, some of that is just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks? Uh, yeah. But I mean, if it sticks, it sticks. You know what I mean? I guess. I guess. Um, if I mean, it doesn't, it's just in, another monster can. In, in, your game. <laughs> in defense of Mr. Hideo Kojima, which is uh, not a position I uh, willingly God. leap to. Please. Tim, that's uh, a future episode. No, I'm just going to say Hideo Kojima. <laughs> I'm just pushing back against Galani here, I saying, know, saying, uh, well, don't you think that's throwing shit at a wall and see what sticks? I remember a phase where we had a character we would call Professor Galani, where when Galani was drinking, he would tell us that the internet is bad and you should have to go to a library. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it should be earned if you go. You have to go to the damn library. I will and read admit, a real book, Tim. 
I was throwing shit at the wall. So, so you I, can't I don't of Kojima because his stuff. Yeah, but he never says that. If he came out of an interview, he's like, I don't know. I threw a lot yeah, of yeah. stuff, and some of it we just good. we just he need is, a he is the merchandise now, guys. He's the merchandise now. Yeah. Hey, my shit stuck. <laughs> like, how the fuck did how did he predict Death Stranding happening the next year? Yeah, seriously, that's where fucking delivery <laughs> men become the fucking savior of our country, and we're all living in bunkers. Uh, or, uh, I mean. Take enough guesses, man. So <laughs> I'm just saying, he hasn't taken that many guesses. He's got like what six, seven games. Yeah, I know, but their games are so full of stuff. Like, there's so yeah. many. Like the stuff we're talking about, like the basics of the story. That's all surface level shit. There's a lot going on in these games when it comes to story. You know, especially he breaks, the mold. He breaks the mold, though. Like he does, you know he he sets he sets standards even if not everything sticks. But like, isn't every every female character in video games since Metal Gear Solid Five they have to wear bikinis to be able to breathe? Like, isn't that <laughs> isn't that how, isn't that how all she female wears more clothes? She'll I mean, I mean, she'll John, be able to breathe. Have you been on TikTok lately? Like, oh hey, uh, hey, oh hey, hey. TikTok is that what you're saying? Yeah, you um, gotta be. That's how they eat. At least. That's how they. That's so, how they so staying, eat. staying on Kojima. Uh, let's talk about PT because that was a game that he that he didn't even throw his name on. He just packaged it. It's this. not a game, Steve. It's not a game. It's, it's a trailer. playable teaser, but it is. It was still an odd package that he did God, not put so his cool. name on. And you know, you just got to play it, and you're like, "This is." They even shadow dropped it too. They didn't even make a stink about it. Right. They mm-hmm. just threw it, it on, up the, on store. the store one day. God damn yeah, that it! Was so cool. Yeah, and then Konami so, decided they just want to make slot right. machines for casinos for the rest of their of their, uh, they said, their life. These there's are a, making there, us more money. There's another universe where Ch- Donald Trump didn't win and PT came out, and we're all <laughs> okay, he wasn't assassinated. And sprinkles are called Jimmy's. Sprinkles are called Jimmy's. Yeah, but that came out of nowhere. I know what expected. Yeah, like like that was so weird, and it had like so much depth depth to it, and it was weird because. Like people that day figured it out, and it was right. like, oh yeah, if you do this and you scream the baby's name into the microphone, uh, you can see a trailer for Silent Hills starring or starring uh, yeah, Roman Reedus. I, yeah. I, I wanted to say that is like, like it's you know, PT is legendary as it is. It was still a precursor to what we could have had as Kojima doing a Silent Hill game, which yeah. would have been fucking ridiculous. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, with Guillermo del Toro. And Durrell. Or is it Merle? Which one is it? It's Durrell or Merle? It's Durrell. It's, Durrell. Durrell. it's such yeah. a shame because... Because um, then that, we got Death Stranding instead. Right. Which is yeah. garbage from a toilet. Uh, but <laughs> PT is so fucking good it, that it broke kind of how people make horror games now. Dude, it, it's literally why we have good Resident Evil again. It it's, is. It's They saw that and they were like, fuck. They're and like, then yeah, that's just, just like, the we're going to make this kitchen demo and we're going to make it like PT. We're going to put it in first person. And that was like the birth of the RE engine. And then other smarter people were like, well, what if we took this RE engine and we just made Resident Evil like Resident Evil, but like from Resident Evil 4 camera perspective. And that's why Resident Evil 2 remake is amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry also, to always try and um, slip that in. <laughs> it's also like there's so many good indie horror games out now that clearly were inspired by PT. My right. favorite of that bunch is Visage, um, which is a good example of a game that is 
deeper than you think it will be. I know no one here has played it. I believe it's on PlayStation 4 and getting a PS5 patch, so you could try it Ooh. at some point. Uh, but it is a first-person horror game with almost no setup or exposition in terms of like who your character is and what you are supposed to do. This game does not hold you by the hand at all, very much like PT was like, if you don't know that you need to turn down this one particular hallway after your third start of the loop through the house, then you're never going to get out of the loop. Oh, no, uh, I don't it, know, it, it borrows a lot of cool stuff like that. It's got some cool, uh, some really, really interesting, really cool uh, survival horror puzzles that made me feel like this is an, uh, an like a nod to the old Resident Evil and Silent Hill style of puzzle solving. Mm-hmm. Um, the story goes some places because it's not just one story, which is a really cool concept for a horror game that all takes place in the same house. Um over you know uh, a period of time an undisclosed period of time is that the i'm sorry is that the game about like it kind of like is about the family of the house it's about people who have lived in the house before you did okay uh which is uh, leads to some really cool shit um there are it's broken up into chapters so i you know uh like whole complete stories they don't kind of all come together in the end it's like you learn about this person who lived in the house before you and then this other person who lived in the house before you um which is a little unsatisfying but where those individual stories go there's no cutscenes or dialogue in this game other than like cassette recordings that you find that maybe help elucidate certain parts of the story. Everything else is visual. And personally, I love that in a game. Mm -hmm. I love that kind of having to pay attention to what is happening around you to get what happens. Yeah. I'd rather show than show it. Exactly. Read or tell me, you know, Uh, exactly. And this game's lineage can be traced directly from PT. And it, this is a very small team of people. And it just makes me sad that we never got to see what silent Hills could have been. Because it would, as much as PT already kind of redefined the genre, um, I shudder to think what Silent Hills could have done. If I'm getting games like knockoff games like Visage that are clearly inspired by and trying to fill the gap that PT left by not getting made, um, I, I just can't imagine what Guillermo and Kojima could have done together. I think, um, what's his face? Uh, the acclaimed um, Japanese horror writer. Uh, what is his name? Junji Ito, thank you. No I think he was working on that too. <sighs> Stop. I know. Oh, right? it fucking... <laughs> fucking... I'm going to go jump out my window, Steve. Thanks. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm first person Resident Evil in response. <laughs> um, Man, uh, Tim, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of interested and I looked it up. Uh, would you say this game is worth $35? Uh, no, but it goes this on is... sale uh, relatively, okay. fre- relatively frequently. All right. Uh, $35 is a big ask Uh, I personally for someone who really really likes horror games um, like me yes I would pay $35 for it but I wouldn't recommend other people buy it for $35 if that makes any sense no I got you yep I want I wanted to get it during the steam sale but I think that's past oh well Uh, I'll buy it when it goes on sale in the future um yep so let's uh let's do final thoughts um you know um, don't judge a game by its cover. Yeah, guys. Yes. Sometimes you got to give it a shot. Uh, you never know. Do we, underneath. Very do we, do we think, you know, we had some negative examples. We had a lot of positive examples. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, do we think this is a thing that works in gaming? Like, do we think it's a way that games should be pushed or, or it's a, it's an actual like 
viable um, way to convey the stories and themes of the game. Emphatically, yes. Um, Personally, I love any medium, whether it's a book or a movie or a TV show or a game uh, that defies expectations. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that a lot of industry folks who work in video games are generally afraid to do because you have to market and produce a game that is going to be good and tell a good story as be- to the best of your ability and AKA changing your expectations. Expensive. Right. It's mm. to be $70 for Returnal, guys. Come on. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, shit. Tim, though. I think that's what you're saying. It's a delicate line, you know? like It is. I don't want to see every game try to do that because right. some games will pull it off well and most of them wouldn't. I think a lot of games try to, or shit, everything tries to upend expectations nowadays, and sometimes it's a gimmick more than it is anything else. And I think the ones that that get it right are the ones that take a very depth, delicate hand to the material that they're they're using. And I agree entirely. Um, I think that's a very good counterpoint uh, to the point I was making. Uh, but I would argue that we're talking broadly about stories in games and where they go. I think I want to see a lot of mechanics pushed. Okay. I like it when a game, there's um, a game I didn't get to talk about, but we are already going super long, a game called Pathologic that I absolutely adore that breaks the mold in terms of what you sh- think you should be doing in a video game. It takes mm. everything, every instinct you have as a video game player in terms of like, oh, this is my character, so I should do X, Y, and Z. Oh, it's a it's an immersive sim RPG? Yeah, no, okay, I got to do this thing in order to get a reward for completing the quest the right way. And breaks, every, breaks you of every single one of those habits, because if you try to play the game, quote-unquote, the right way that all of your gamer instincts will tell you to, it will grind you into the dirt. And personally, I love being challenged that way. And I think, yeah, yes, you need I a agree. deft hand in order to pull off tricks like this. Mm-hmm. But the kind of developers and the kind of people that are willing to take that risk and tell that story or change those mechanics or try to push the genre forward in some way, whether it's changing mechanics against you, uh, like Pathologic does, whether it's um, changing story elements to be weaponized against you, like Silent Hill 2, my probably favorite game of all time, does. I think um, even taking tonal shifts is, is healthy. Yeah, too. like yeah, Spec absolutely. Ops Line does. Uh, I think that it should be done more often. It should be not every game, obviously, but I mean, movies do it, right? Like yeah. not so much anymore because we're in a very homogenized sort of state where there's a lot of safe bets out there. I think it was Hitchcock's bread and butter, man. I mean, he, he really knew how to upend an entire story like Psycho in particular. You right, but that's like 40... That dies, like 30 yeah. minutes. Yeah, and, and you know, to keep going down with, uh, with that, like, the fucking Wes Craven saw that and was like, well, I'm going to make all my movies have this feature in it. <laughs> right. like, I'm going to make sure all these all these blonde women die in the beginning of my movie who you think's the main character. Right, and then it becomes a cliche, and then... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah. if, ev- if everybody made their games have, like, these little, like, we're going to we're going to do a bait and switch element kind of then it would just become a thing that just kind of right. wasn't it would as just special. become a, it would become trope. another trope sure 
To um, quote Syndrome, if everyone's special, no one is. Oh, I okay, you gotta you agree with Syndrome, you monster. No, I do agree with Syndrome uh, in right. this particular case. In the event that every single game company tried to make a game with a cool twist, or a game that pulls the rug out from under you, or a game that betrays what it is on the package, then it would become it would become a trope. It would become trite, right? We would mm-hmm. just expect to see it all the time. But I think the kind of people that are making the kind of games like Doki Doki Literature Club that we are talking about here are not the kind of people who are going to ever chase what the mainstream is doing. Sure. And the mainstream is going to keep doing its own thing. To Chris's point about Hitchcock, Hitchcock was working in his medium 40, 50 years after the invention of said medium. Yeah. And we're about at that point in video games, right? Like video games have been around for a while, but they're still kind of a nation art form. I hope we're going to see a lot more stuff to push those boundaries of what a game can be. Uh, that is my hope. I would love to see it happen. I don't want more third-person shooters. I don't want more brown games in the desert where you're America shooting brown people. I don't want that shit. Devin, I want the interesting you. shit. <laughs> I want more shit like Doki Doki Literature <laughs> Club, which is clearly a passion project and clearly something that really pushes... Uh, it's a satire in some ways. It's very dark in some ways. It's very light in some ways. Uh, it, it really defies any expectation you could possibly put on it. And I want more adventure like that in terms of the kind of games people are making. I want to throw in a quick plug before I stop talking for a, a $3 game on itch.io called uh, Anatomy that I always tell people to play. It is a weird, weird, weird horror game that goes some really strange places and you will it left me feeling empty and scared at the end of it. And I love when a game can do that. Hmm. I'm not going to say anything more. I own it. I will one day play it. Tim, quick question. Yes. Uh, did you, you like pathologic. Did you like the second one? Uh, I have not finished the second one. I think the second one is probably actually the better way to play it, but it is not finished yet. So I don't want to wholeheartedly recommend it. Every, oh, every it's, time it's I've like watched it, like um, I'm sorry beta wait you didn't finish or is it oh it's so i haven't finished it and the game itself original pathologic has three main stories because there's three main characters pathologic 2 has one main story um and it is essentially a remake uh with some shit you won't get if you haven't played the first one uh but it is a remake (laughs) of one of the characters stories um it's um who is it Tim? It is the Haruspex. It is Artemi. Oh, it's the Haruspex. Okay. Yeah. But is it it's, it's not, not like the bachelor? Access, it is not the bachelor. Though, I'm sorry? No, it's not in early access. It's it's out okay. it's in you know full release and if it sells well enough they'll they ha- the developers have said they would love to finish and make um Clara and Daniel's stories but they just don't have the money. They're a very small indie studio out of Russia. Gotcha. Okay. Pathologic is a game that I think is awesome that I have no intention of ever playing them. I know most people shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the kind of like of the people on this, on this call. I think Alani is the only other person who would be able to see past its many, many, many glaring flaws and get to the kernel underneath. Yeah. I I, I forgive a lot of stuff if it spooks me, you know, Gets me scared. It spooks me. It's real spooky. I it spooks me. All right, guys. Um, so we know, you know, we were just talking about a few, but there are definitely so many more games out there that you shouldn't judge by its cover. Uh, if you jump into antifanboy.com and join our Discord, uh, come tell us what games you think are perfect examples of games that you 
shouldn't judge by their cover. Uh, there's something more than just the surface level that you were super into that game about or, or otherwise. Uh, so again, that's antifanboy.com. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash antifanboy. Uh, go there. Uh, if you donate a dollar, uh, you get access to our Patreon exclusive show that we do once a month. And that's where we go a little wild. It's next blue. week, right? That is next week. Oh, and uh, we're going to finally settle it. We're just going to have a, a four man fist fight. Yeah. And you're going to hear every hit, every, every slap, every scream, I've been, every I've been bite. practicing. So uh, where do ready. I bet and how much can I put on Galani to win this? Oh, you bet at patreon.com slash anti-fanboy. <laughs> fight real dirty, guys. He's a dirty fighter. He wants through a chair. <laughs> one time through one, one time. chair. And let him <laughs> Not at him. someone. It was it. he threw it and it just kind of got the attention of the room. All right. I think point. that's it, gang. All right, guys. Uh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Good night.